0: All right, what's going on, everybody? Once again, this is Chris Thomas from Running Back Sports Sports for the Culture. I'm here with a plethora of, of NFL fans and analysis. Please allow um, themselves to introduce whoever likes to go first.
1: We'll start in order. We get jumped on
2: here. <laughs> All right. I guess, I guess I'll go first. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, what's up, guys? My name is Juan only. Uh, former contributor for Inside the Hatches, guest host on the Running run Back podcast with Chris, and currently a news producer out in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Very nice. Thank you.
1: Uh, my name's Jeff Bowers. Uh, i part of the uh, Sports Narrative Network, uh, at Sports Narrative on Twitter. Uh, we are in sportsnarrative.net is the website. Uh, got a draft podcast. Been covering the draft for about 11 years now. Been attending, attended every draft. I mean, except for the last one where nobody attended, but uh, been every draft for the last ten years, and uh, do work for K thirteen ten and ninety six seven AM or FM in Dallas, Texas.
3: And hey, everybody, I'm Shane Weston. Uh, don't have a resume like these two gentlemen before me. <laughs> Just a, a average football fan with a with a decent bit of knowledge to share.
0: Awesome.
2: All knowledge is good Awesome, knowledge. that's great. But in the
0: Listen, in the end, we're all here for the same thing. We love football, and with the draft coming up uh, within next month, we decided to do our first uh, mock draft 1.0. So we decided to divide up the picks. So we're going to start off just first right off the bat. The Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock. I'm the GM for the Jacksonville Jaguars, so I'm just going to make this the most simple selection probably in the draft. With the first pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence from Clemson.
1: That seems to need no introduction,
0: huh? Yeah, I
3: feel, I feel like that's yep. a lock and key. That's been their, their biggest issue yeah. for the last couple of years at that quarterback position. That's a, that's a no-brainer. He's the most polished quarterback in this draft.
2: You know, I have always been very wary of quarterbacks that have been labeled like the prodigal son or the savior of the sports. Whether it was John Elway, whether it was Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck, but they all worked out for the most part. Uh, Trevor Lawrence just seems like the kind of guy that has all the intangibles, all the tools. I mean, I, going to Syracuse, I got to see him firsthand kick the Syracuse oranges butt over in the Carrier Dome, so I know the kind of special player that he is. But one thing I will always question with him, uh, with, with with him, is is he a product of the dab of the Dabo Sweeney uh, system? Uh, was he helped by the weapons that he had at his disposal, which were T Higgins so or Travis Etienne? Uh, and a bunch of great, great, great uh, offensive tools that Clemson had. Is he a product of the system? For me, he's like every other rookie quarterback that comes in. He's got to prove himself when it counts the most, which is in the pro field.
0: All right. Well, yeah, first pick's off the board, and now we're going yeah,
2: to go. Say, you would oh, go
1: ahead. not take him there,
2: though, right? Oh, no. Yeah, I'd still take him number one overall. I'm just saying, okay. to me, I don't. I'm not trying to see him through the perfect, most – Polished prospect, kind of guy that he is. I see him as a good fresh, a good potential franchise quarterback that I want to see make and make it through what every other qu- uh, rookie quarterback has to go through. You know, I'm trying not to get too bottom to the hype. Yeah,
0: good call. All right, and now with the second um, overall pick, the New York Jets are officially on the clock, and this is a really interesting pick because we don't know exactly like what's in the mindset for the Jets. Uh, will they go quarterback? Will they try to, you know, get more offensive weapons and try to, you know, re- revive the uh, the Sam Darnold project? So, Juan, you represent the Jets. You're the GM. What's the pick?
2: Well, this is so interesting with what's going on, and ultimately the main factor is what the Jets are going to do with Sam Darnold. Uh, with regards to that, you know, all, uh, it was announced earlier this week that the GM, um, uh, uh, man, uh, Joe Joe uh, Joe Douglas. Had announced that Donald is officially on the trading block. So whatever. So it's depending on what happens in the situation. But I'm going to assume that Donald is traded. And Donald's traded for at minimum a mid to early second round pick. If it's a late first round pick, that's a miracle. But right now, for the sake of this draft, it's a mid to to early second. With that being Mm -hmm. said, I'm gonna use the second overall pick to draft Justin Fields, quarterback out of Ohio State University. What I love. About Justin, especially, was because for the longest time, during the beginning of the twenty twenty season to the very end of it, he was advocated as quarterback one B to Trevor Lawrence one A. Not to mention, the guy is practically a, a younger, a younger, more accurate version of Cam Newton. When you're watching him, when you're watching him, I saw a side by side comparison of him and Zach Wilson by Daniel Jeremiah, and where they broke down both skills. And Jeremiah had said that while wow, um, Zach Zach Wilson executes much more skill at that position, um, uh, uh, Fields has much more talent as a pure passing and rushing and, and dual-threat quarterback. So if the Jets with um, Robert Sala can help mold Justin Fields into an ideal uh, dual-threat quarterback in the Kyle Shanahan system they're bringing into New York, I feel like, um, by the end of it, Justin Fields will be one of the top quarterbacks in this draft in five years from now.
1: How much can we debate mm-hmm. this? <laughs> here, here's my question. Uh, all right, I, got, I, I just got a couple questions here. One, how many dual-threat
2: quarterbacks won a Super
1: Bowl?
2: I'd right. say three, so far. Two. Uh, sorry, no, two. Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes are my dual-threats.
1: But neither of those guys are run-first guys. Those are guys who are excellent passers who can run, right? I mean, Steve Young would count in that same category, right? Steve Young's a passer, Absolutely. but he yeah. would run. Okay, so that's one. Two, um, I, do you have – okay, like you had mentioned here before the top, talking about the weak competition with Zach Wilson when we were debating it before we started, right? But when you saw Justin Fields play – I mean – Granted, he was great in, you know, uh, that that playoff game, whatever. But then when you saw him play Alabama, he gets rolled. When you saw him play Indiana and Northwestern, probably the two best teams on their schedule, he didn't look great, you know, especially the three picks in that game. So my question is, is, like, yes, he played better competition, but he didn't play better when playing better competition. So those are my biggest question marks on him. I think you're right in that he has the highest floor. Like Zach Wilson could be a complete total bust, right? Like he could get yes. injured and break in half and be done. But the, the, he has the higher floor, but I think the lower ceiling. I think it's a safe pick. I don't think it's what the Jets will do, but I think it's the safe pick. And I think, like, 100, percent you're valid on on making the call and going with the Ohio State quarterback.
3: I I think that's an interesting one. Being from the New York area, I know I know how. Jets management—they always tend to lead, lean on these head coaches who are defensive-minded because they want to bring back the Jets of old. They want—they want to bring back that gang green mentality. Going with based on how, that assumption, I don't think they're going to want to bring in another quarterback. But if they do, Justin Fields does feel like the kind of guy that they would lean on as opposed to Zach Wilson. My only issues with. With Justin Fields, as just as Jeff pointed out, is that he doesn't play up to the competition that he's playing against. He doesn't he doesn't necessarily show up in the big moments like he should. Like when they played against Alabama, he barely made fifty percent of his throws. Not to mention, if you look at his tape, he's a very read first kind of guy. If that first read is not there. He tends to get panicky inside of that pocket, and then that's when he starts taking off and I think at the next level that's gonna that's going be detrimental to him I will not say that he, he not that he can't do not that he can't unlearn some of that, but seeing as they they're gonna stick him in there as the guy day one, it's gonna be a rough change of pace for him not being able to throw to his first read every time
2: uh, Let me make one final note and then I'll, we'll move on um. They said the same thing about Justin Herbert when he came out, and that was more of detriment of the Oregon system than it was to Justin Herbert. Um, Number two, uh, with fields, especially when you're referencing the Alabama game so much, keep in mind 50% of that that Ohio State roster was injured and missing on the field, as well as the fact that he was playing with cracked ribs on his left side which is immensely painful at the same time. So how much can we attribute to loss in, loss in a support system and injury going against what is arguably an NFL caliber talented roster that is the Alabama Crimson Tide?
1: That doesn't explain the Indiana game, but yeah, point taken. I agree. And, and like I said, solid pick. I could very well see that happen. All right.
0: I like to you pick. Two, um, no
1: I was just to say, you got two Jets fans on here. So we're both like, what? I mean, we're going to boo regardless. <laughs> Like yeah. that's how we are yeah. in New York, right? He knows yeah. the, the pick gets booed, it don't matter who it is.
0: That's oh, yeah. <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh pick number three, it's the Miami Dolphins there on the clock. And once again, Juan is drafting on behalf of the entire AFC East. So once again, what you got for the third pick?
2: Well, obviously, I don't think uh, we, we were talking about this beforehand. I we don't think that tr- no one to hear thinks Trevor Lawrence is uh, not Trevor Lawrence. Tua Tagovailoa is going anywhere. Deshaun Watson is not coming to the AFC East uh, anytime soon. Most likely, he'll be going probably maybe most likely Denver or San Francisco is my likely landing spots for him. However, um, with that being said, they need to surround two of the playmakers. They already got rid of the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator that was limiting him in a conservative basis down in Miami and bringing in two co-offensive coordinators to try to manage the game. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. But there's still player, there's still weapons needed in this offense, particularly at a wide receiver. And with the testimonial from Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith about how they prefer Mac Jones over Tua, while not detrimental, not exactly encouraging. So with that being said, I'm taking the true number one wide receiver on this board, Jamar Chase out of LSU. Good
1: call.
3: Yeah, I've got hey, no issues with that pick. Hey, no uh, argument here. You're good. We're yeah, going that's, 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 pick, that's, 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 pick three, that's we're good. That's cut and dry. That's, that, that, that's their pick. That's their guy.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, wide receiver one in the draft by by good margin. Um. Absolutely. Unfortunately, opted out, so we didn't really get a chance to uh, really see him. So it's like, and more importantly, we all know like football, NFL is more like recency bias. So it's like because of what Devontae Smith was able to do, win a Heisman, he's going to be fresh on everyone else's minds. But we can't forget how good Jamar Chase was in LSU, especially uh, the years prior.
1: And once he to get off press coverage, man, that guy's going to be a monster.
2: It's gonna take yeah. Devontae Smith time to develop the, the muscle tone that he needs to develop for this league. Remember, he, he weighed in at like 170 uh going into going into this season. He, he looks really skinny like for, for this game. So he's gonna have to bulk up before he can really get those really good stats. He,
1: he refused to even be weighed at the senior bowl. You're like, come on, man. Yeah, I, I'm I'm yeah. kill you on that. All right. All right.
0: All right, number four. Uh the Atlanta Falcons is on the clock. Jeff is drafting on behalf of the AFC, uh the NFC South. So what you got?
1: Well, you left me my favorite pick in this draft, so I will happily take it. There's a lot of talk about, you know, Matt Ryan and getting up there in age. They got a new offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, bringing in that Titans RPO type, you know, West Coast system, wide system. Uh, I think I think Atlanta is going to turn the page. Generally speaking, new GMs mean new quarterbacks, and that means this pick is going to be Zach Wilson out of BYU. I think
2: the ideal
1: situation for him to land here because he can sit and he can learn under Matt Ryan for a couple of years. All of the questions you may have about being lesser competition and all of that all go out the window because the dude gets to sit. The good dude gets to watch. The dude gets to learn from Matt Ryan. And then when it when the time comes, if they want to flip Matt Ryan, they can or and that dude steps into the role. I think he's ideal for that system with the mobility, the throwing off off uh, off platform. Ideal pick
3: Zach Wilson, number four to at Atlanta. Yeah, I, I, that's perfect.
2: And what yeah. best is it's, like? It's the, the perfect to spot. Yeah, it what's great go for ahead, the Falcons. Is about, like two great things for the Falcons: one, there is depth at the other two of needs that they have in this draft, which is offensive tackle and running back. So they can go ahead and wait out, grabbing another uh, big guy in the front lines in the second or third round, and in the later rounds, find you a gem. At running back, it could be uh, in either one of the North Carolina running backs. Jared Patterson's really severely underrated running back on a Buffalo. There's so yeah. many guys that you can choose from in this draft. So I like the move. Establish a new franchise QB, ride it out with 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 Matt Ryan for another year or so, and see if you can trade the bloated contract the year after.
1: And how often you, are you picking fourth? One last point I would say on this. If Zach Wilson goes two to the Jets – As I, like I said, as as we kind of argued, I think this pick is Trey Lance and not Justin Fields. Because I think Justin Fields is more of a ready-made project, ready to go. Uh, I think Trey Lance, dude, the guy, I mean, he's got all of it upstairs. He's just got to learn the physical parts of the game. He's got all the physicality in the world. I think this pick is Trey Lance if it's not Zach Wilson, for what it's worth.
0: Yeah, no arguments here. And uh, we'll now go with the uh, the fifth pick, which belongs to the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'm drafting on behalf of the AFC North, uh, with the exception of one pick. So um, the fact that, you know, this is actually going perfect for for me if I'm a if I'm a Bengals fan because the best left because the best offensive lineman is still on the board and I got a quarterback who's going into a second year fresh off an ACL injury. So yep. with the fifth pick, I'm going Penny yep. Sowell from Oregon to make sure that Joe Burrow comes back year two and his line starts perfectly protected. Yeah, awesome.
3: yeah, I think that's perfect. I think I, I I think at the top of this draft when we're looking at the best offensive lineman. I think Sewell and Slater are 1A, 1B, to be honest with you. I think Slater would have been an excellent pick either way if you have reservations on Sewell. But you gotta take, you got to protect your franchise guy. Burrow has already shown that he can lead this team, and he can lead it well, but they got to keep him safe.
1: Question for Cincinnati. Is there any, any inkling towards going Kyle Pitts here, knowing that you might be able to get an offensive tackle in, like, the top of the second and you could get a tight end for your quarterback who is generational.
2: Uh, I'm just trying. To, you know, I, I think like that's,
3: I, I, that's a good. That's a good question. I think it's. I think it's. I think the other guys are really solid offensive linemen, but I don't think they're. I don't think they can. They're going to anchor like Sewell or Slater can. Absolutely. And I think I think you cannot take that chance that you're gonna get uh, a B plus when you got an A plus right right there.
2: Not to mention the yeah. fact that like uh you know since he low key has a top 10 uh skilled position unit and quarterback to go with. That and, the fa- yeah. and but he, but not, but none of it's gonna matter. None of that connection with T Higgins, none of that connection with Tyler Boyd, the the running game, um with uh uh, Joe Mixon and and uh, and a recovering uh, Joe Burrow. It's not going to matter if you can't protect or make time for any of these plays to develop. So Penay Sul coming in on that left on the left. If he can move into the left side, especially, would be ideal in protecting the blind side and setting up good plays.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah. When it comes to offensive line and trenches, that's a position you really don't want to play with, especially when you have a young quarterback. Absolutely.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right. And now the sixth pick is Philadelphia Eagles are now on the clock. And honestly, as a Philadelphia Eagles fan, I know what everybody wants because over the past two years, we missed out on, you know, DK Metcalf. We missed out on Justin Jefferson. We missed out on Terry McLaurin. But I'm going to th- um, obviously we have Holly Rosen, who really has a checkered past when it comes to drafting. But hear me out. With the sixth pick, I'm gonna go Patrick Sertain, cornerback from Alabama. Woo.
2: Fire, Howie! Fire, Howie! Fire, Howie! That'll
3: get you that'll get you booed out of the building, the oh, Eagles man, fans. Yeah. I, I, if I was the Eagles GM right at this pick, Kyle Pitts is my guy. Zach Ertz is already on the fence with the organization because of, you know, whatever happened offensively last season. So he's probably out of the door. They do have an – uh, is it uh, Dallas Goddard, yeah. I believe his name yeah,
0: is? Yeah, they, they have Dallas, Dallas, Dallas Goddard. Have he's got
3: one year he's left. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he, he's a solid, but again, one year left. I think because what we're seeing right now is Jalen Hurts is the quarterback of this team. He still has a lot of question marks with getting the ball downfield. I think Kyle Pitts, a nice mid short to mid-range target, is good for a young sophomore quarterback to to rely on when he's scrambling out of the pocket. You know, he doesn't have to look downfield. He's got that big guy standing right in front of him. But, you know, I like Patrick Sertain. I'm an Alabama fan, so seeing him go top 10, is I can't be mad at that. You know? <laughs>
2: I have to say, Sertan's not even my top corner in this draft. That, that honor actually goes to Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. I think he's a right. much more well rounded corner okay. overall. Yes. Sertan, let's not forget, like, you know, he played well for Alabama against Ohio State. Yes, yeah, good for him at the same time. But we've seen a lot of Alabama DBs not always have, you know, success going into the post, particularly for Jets fans, especially if you can remember, Jeff, um, uh, D. Milner. Oh, yeah, so, oh, yeah. Uh, and heart. Right there. Him, uh, the other Alabama quarterback we took in 2010, can't remember his name though, Kyle Wilson, I think it was? Yes. Kyle Wilson, him too. So I am very hesitant when it comes to Alabama uh, defensive backs. They're very hit or miss. If you hit them, they're all pros. If you miss, they bust. So um, yeah. re- there's no in between. It's a very volatile pick here. I'm not liking.
0: And then, all right, well, let me hear,
1: hear me of, out.
2: Couple, okay,
1: right, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I'll
0: let you go. Okay, hear me out. As much as we talk about the lack of weapons that Philadelphia has, no one's talking about the defense at all. And I feel like our defense is a lot worse shape than what our offense is. Our top three players are all well over or either 30 years old or older. And outside of Darius Slade, we don't have a significant, we don't have a legitimate starting corner on the outside. Avante Maddox. He's five foot eight. He belongs either at a slot or the. position. He's not an outside corner. Nicole Robbie Coleman is going to be gone. Cravon LeBlanc is not an outside corner either. None of the guys that we also have in the system right now is fit to start on the outside. Rodney McLeod is going to be coming back from the ACL injury. Jalen Mills is a free agent. We need somebody that Gary Slade was a was a solid pickup for us, and he did a comparable job you know, for what he was asked to do, but we need somebody on the outside because we're going in a division where we play guys like physical wide receivers like Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb twice a year. Uh We're still in a conference in which we got to go physical wide receivers like Michael Thomas, DK Metcalf, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I could just go on and on. We need solid yeah. corners, and I feel like with his size, his ability to not be able to draw any single penalties, which was probably the biggest, like, Check mark for me, in terms as, as a corner, is not being able to get calls on him. I think we need a, we need to reestablish the secondary that has completely um, gone to the wayside.
1: Man, one hundred percent. Let me say I agree that I mean, look, as an Eagles fan who watches every week, you've watched that second corner just get torched for two years now. So, man, I get it as a fan and as somebody who watches it, and like you understand that is. One of their biggest biggest weaknesses I have no doubt. let me one ask the question about the multiverse that I live in, which is okay if I passed on Justin Fields and fields gets to six, is that your pick
3: mm. Mm. me personally again how
1: did, how did this is this
3: might did, be my, my bias speaking because yeah. Jalen used to play for Alabama. I think you got to give him another season. Under his belt. Yeah, he came, into, he came in his rookie year. It was a little rocky, but there was a lot going on in that locker room with that organization. And I, I can't put all of that on him. I think he gets another season to get himself comfortable in this offense and work. So I still think that they go for a skill position regardless of what quarterback would still be sitting on the field.
1: Not to mention, he'll be putting...
2: Not to mention, you'd be putting Jalen back in the Alabama situation that he was put in, where Tua took over the starting job. Exactly. Fit. So he didn't want to transfer out for another opposition. Oh, not transfer. He'll want to be traded out of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. a la Carson Wentz. And then you have another QB drama boiling in. And that's not what Eagles fans need right now.
0: No. Yeah. Hey, we're a quarterback factory. But, no, here's my thing. like <laughs> Jalen Hurts should definitely get the keys for at least the next few years. Uh, re, uh, make sure the offensive line is healthy. Get the competent skills. It's our wide receivers aren't terrible, but I think more so like last year with Doug Peterson and his inability to you know scheme up you know wide receivers to get open. And this is what Nick Sirianni from Indianapolis is bringing like new concepts. Like I want to see more Jalen Rager, you know, pulling rub routes, you know. Getting the ball to his hands was a lot faster. That's what I want to see. We got a bunch of speedsters on that: like, John Hightower, Quez Walkers, When they got the ball in their hands and they got open space, they had the opportunity to, you know, make plays out of it. So, I, as much as I like Justin Fields uh, at number six, like if just if Jalen Hurts wasn't going to be your guy, he would have been gone already. Mm-hmm. So that's Maybe what I that right mean,
3: I'm like, they definitely yeah. they don't trade if they don't trade up that their their quarterback is gone if they don't trade up.
2: And
1: that's Uh, I I would say this about like that if, I mean, if the Eagles are sitting at six and they want Sertan or Fairley or whoever, they're trading out. Like, put that pick up for auction and San Francisco, New England, Washington, come get it. Let me know, Washington. But, but yeah, Yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, that pick goes up for grabs. So, yeah, absolutely. So, it's actually very Sertan, but it might be a pick 12.
2: That is actually really interesting that, you know, we think that the Jets are the most interesting pick situation in the draft. Eagles are a close second. What oh,
0: absolutely. Happy. Totally agree. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. We're going to go to number seven. And Shane, you're representing the NFC North. So what's the pick?
3: All right. So knowing the history of the Detroit Lions as intimately as I do, I 100% expect them to botch this pick. Oh, my God. <laughs> but is, I that think the
2: packer bias though is that the packer. I, bias?
3: It might be a little packer bias, but if we look, if we look at their history, their top picks don't mm. pan out as well as they hope. But I have a lot of faith in this pick. I'm going Jalen Waddle, University of Alabama. Ooh. So let's Good. let's let's go. Let's go. Let me explain this pick before. Kenny Galladay only played five games last season before he got injured. Normally, he is. I would say he's a top-20 receiver when he is healthy. I think top-20 is a fair a fair thing to point out. The next best guys that they have on their roster after that, Marvin Jones-Drew and Danny Amendola. Both of them are expiring, and they're both on the other side of 30, with Amendola being 35 right now. They need depth. They need another solid, healthy target. Jalen Waddle is... I would say he and Jamar Chase were, again, another 1A, 1B situation. He sat out last season. Was he the one that sat out? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he sat out part of last season. That's what let Devonta Smith show how good of a wide receiver he really is in terms of separation. But I think Waddle, the bigger guy, he has a more pro stature, if you will. And I think if the Lions pass on him, they're gonna make it. It would be the worst situation if they don't. If they pass on him at that spot at number seven,
2: the closest comparison mm-hmm. to Jalen Waddle is Tyreek Kill with regards to his immense speed, Absolutely. good route running abilities, and overall his and his and his just ability just to outrun any defender that comes his way.
3: Exactly. They want. They need. They need a guy, especially now that they have Jared Goff <laughs> coming into the system, and Jared Goff has been. He is actually what I envision when a team goes eight and eight with their record. He's he's pretty good, but he's not great. Like he'll get you some wins, but he's not gonna get you. He's not gonna get you to ten wins not by himself because he's just yeah. I, I'm gonna say average. Maybe he's slightly <laughs> above average as a quarterback, but I feel like if you put more weapons around him that can get the ball in their hands. And create more offense on their own. You know, you get the ball to Waddle, he'll get you another 15 yards. It eases the pressure on Jared Goff to make these incredible throws that other quarterbacks can do.
2: I will say, Jalen Waddle is an offensive coordinator's dream wide receiving weapon. He's fast, he's quick, and he may just get a little more size and a little more muscle on him. He'll be strong and when Boy, it comes to one on one battles. And Anthony Lynn when he was holding kind of like a, like a pass-first uh, heavy concept over in with the Chargers with Justin Herbert, I think we were great uh, there with Detroit and Dan Campbell being the kind of guy that he is in terms of overall organization. I can see the Lions possibly making uh, a decent bid uh, for playoff contention, if not a wild, card, a wild card spot, if they can get it together under this new regime. So, and the waddleback is a great first step into go into doing so. Yeah. agreed
1: if, if, uh, if you got Galladay on the outside and waddle in the slot on the left hand side then that's a nightmare uh,
3: that I is a, that is a that is a matchup nightmare and I think I think they may be able to imitate the same effect that Adam thielen and Stefan Diggs had a couple of years ago mm. where they were feeding off each other because you can't you can't necessarily over, overwatch one guy because that other guy will slip through and get a good and get a good catch in.
2: Agree. The only, the, only uh, you, you, you the only thing Detroit needs to kind of like well-round the offense in terms of scale positions, you need a power back. DeAndre Swift is a quick, swift receiving back that, that can really get into the open space, but you need someone that can truck through in the goal line-to-goal line, line situation. So that might be something they might need to address in the second round.
0: I, well, I, they can always sign Adrian Peterson back.
2: I want, I just want AP. I want to go to the Packers. Just full circle it. <laughs> <laughs> <Get 'em all.
0: laughs> yeah, and uh, I think one of the forgotten things about that, you know, Detroit offense, if Jaylen Waddle does come there, is also Pro Bowl tight at T.J. Hawkinson as well. So, with now the eighth pick, the Carolina Panthers are on the board and. Uh, What do you got the uh, Carolina Panthers taking?
1: Man, if the draft breaks like this, the Panthers are absolutely dancing to the front of the stage. There's a couple of things here. One, I think it's quarterback, right? I think they're going to jettison Teddy Bridgewater. Sounds like Washington might be his destination. So you're looking quarterback first. I got two of them on the board. Obviously, they had Mac Jones at the Senior Bowl. They like Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is going to be a – you know, nice, solid type of guy. Those in anticipation, all of that. But if you're telling me Trey Lance is going to fall all the way to eight, man, I am going to sprint to the front of the room. Trey Lance, the guy has been prepped at North Dakota State. With, I mean, he calls his own protections. He calls his own defense. You know, he's reading the defense. He does all of those things. The thing that about Trey Lance he still needs is one better competition. And two, that ability to just be consistent with mechanics. Both of those things can be taught. You've got Joe Brady teaching him. Absolutely, man. Give me Trey Lance to the Panthers.
3: Yeah, that's a. I feel like that's a no-brainer for them. Uh, he's got he's got everything he needs to excel at the next level. And I I know I know it's early to believe that the Panthers will be moving from Teddy Bridgewater already. And I feel like. I feel like last season wasn't really a fair enough shake at the position, but everybody everybody's moving through quarterbacks right at this particular stage super fast. Like you're getting you're getting your one year, not even maybe not even the whole year. And if you can't impress these guys, they're gonna move on from you. I think Trey Lance comes in here and he's probably starting, he's probably getting the starting job around between week six and ten, just like Tua did last year or through Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick.
2: There's there's a, there's a weird saying that uh, a mutual friends of Chris and I uh, always says that when you when it, you can't ever explain something you can just say it's a feeling. Uh, it's 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 a feeling that like you're just certain about it. You just can't explain it. And to me, that's kind of what I see with the pairing of Trey Lance and, Ke- and the Carolina Panthers. Honestly, for me, this reminds me a lot of like. In terms of fit, it reminds me a lot of the Josh Allen to Buffalo fit back in 2018. Something about this connection just makes me believe that it's going to work, especially with Matt Rule being a pretty good offensive mastermind with what he has to work with, not to mention the fact that uh, that, that Lance is going to have some good weapons to work with down there if you really think about it. You got a top two, a top five wide receiver duo with Robbie Anderson at the Speedster and DJ Moore as like the as like as like down the middle threat, who by the way is the only is the only player over the last two years to have twelve hundred script scrimmage yards in back to back seasons. Nice. And we don't know what's gonna happen to Curtis Samuel, and if he's gonna be traded or not because he, while he is a very versatile weapon, his contract is coming up soon, and he is starting to get a little bit up there in terms of age and and like the mid. The middle of late 20s, and with the return of Christian McCaffrey, he, he's going to have all the support he needs in a talented running, running, uh, a talented rushing game. The defense still needs work, particularly in the, in the middle at linebacker, but that can be addressed later in the draft.
0: Yep, yes, mm-hmm. yep. All right, and with the ninth pick, the Denver Broncos are on the clock, and Jeff is also representing the AFC West.
1: So, Jeff, right, what you got back, for us back here. once again. If I'm Denver and the draft is broken like this, I am pretty ecstatic. Now, the one thing I would love if I'm Denver to fill here is if Von Miller's walking and obviously a little off-field troubles, that type of stuff, I would love to go pass rusher here. But there are no pass rushers in this draft worth this pick. <laughs> and <laughs> so that means I got to go to my second best need. They cut A.J. Bouye in the offseason, even though he had a, he had a pretty nice year last year. Got to look at cornerback. Sertan is off the board. Go ahead and give me my number one corner, as, as uh, Juan said. Give me Caleb Fairley, 6'2, 197. The guy is an absolute just man up matchup nightmare. He can just, you, he just takes away a dude. He just erases him. He's, he's still raw. He still has some issues. He still has. You know, the tackling's not exactly great, but then you don't ask Deion Sanders to tackle. I'm not saying he's Deion Sanders, but you know what I'm saying, right? Uh, you're not asking him to set the edge. You're asking him in that Vic Fangio system to say, take this guy and make him go away. And that's exactly what Caleb Fairley will do for you. I think it's an absolute great uh, pick. I think it's a great match there. Give me Fairley at nine.
2: It's almost like as if you're describing him as, like, the next Darrell Rivas.
1: I mean, I don't know if I'm that high on him. I mean, dude, Revis, you're talking the holy ground here with the bottom two guys on the screen. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Fairley is absolutely a guy that I can say, take away this part of the field and, and that happens. And, and I think he's going to be great. I think as he gets even stronger and better, we don't know, and that's the other thing, is we haven't seen him in a year. So we don't know what he's been working on or what's been happening. But if that guy's been putting in the work and, and doing this offseason stuff, man, there, there's no question he's my number one corner. Sertan, you know, okay, we talked earlier. S- Sertan is like the really solid guy. Like, he's smart. He anticipates his daddy was an NFL cornerback. He's got all of those smart skills, but the physical skills aren't quite as there as I would want. Caleb Fairley is the opposite. The physical skills are there in spades. I need him to learn how to be an NFL cornerback, and I think he'll pick it up very quickly.
0: Okay. Let me, uh, let me pose this question for you. Like, let's just say an alternate reality let's say trey lance actually does make it to nine are you that's and if you're not sold on drew lock but Caleb Fairley is also there would you would you then draft trey lance or would you still go Caleb Fairley and give drew lock another year
1: honestly i mean i i think the broncos in their own mind might be tempted to take mac jones here like if elway was running the show mac jones would be the pick I mean look, we saw Paxton Lynch. We saw the Broncos will take some stupid ass gambles on quarterbacks. So I'm with you. But fortunately for Denver fans, John Elway is not running the show anymore. So no. therefore I think you're going to make the right choice here. Look, I think they're still all in on Watson. I think they're going to be all in on several quarterbacks. I think at worst
3: Yeah, I, I think, think definitely things they go for Denver better. Time.
1: Yeah, assuming Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't retire today, I think I think it's going to be you know there's a chance they bring in some competition for uh, Drew Locke. I mean the dude led the NFL in interceptions, but I think here Galen Fairley makes it there. You got to make that pick.
2: Am I am I allowed to say, am I am I allowed to say bleep worthy things on here or is it not that kind of show?
0: Just, you can say ass.
2: Oh, no, I'm not gonna say ass. So the nickname for Drew Locke uh, up in Denver is Horsecock Locke. Because he's such because he's such a like a daring individual that takes risks down the field. And we've seen it. We've seen it. And keep in mind, Drew Locke, when he came in, no one expected him to be a polished product. He was he's a he's a developmental quarterback that needed a couple of years to get used to this league. No doubt. And he only started five games his rookie year. He was on and off the field with injuries his second year. I think this is the year. It's kind of like a Sam Darnold evaluation kind of thing. You gave him two years of excuses. This is where it all has to come together. The weapons are there. The defense is slowly building back up, especially when you get a shutdown corner with Caleb Farley. I don't think you bring in, I don't I don't think even if Trey Lance was on this board, I would not draft him with the Broncos. All right, Drew Lock still has to prove something here. Bring in competition, uh maybe Mitchell Trubisky, if you feel like that's gonna be able to push him further. But but overall, you, you know, kind of stack the cards in a way that goes in Locke's favor. But if he doesn't pull it all together coming into this year, 2022 might be the year in which the Denver Broncos start looking for a new signal caller.
0: Word. Word. All right. We're now with the 10th pick, and that belongs to the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm going to be drafting on behalf of the NFC East. And I mean, don't worry, I'm those? not... <laughs> yeah, we can all do. <laughs> and and, and Cowboys fans, don't worry. I'm not going to shaft you. I'm not going to draft Drew Chrisman, punter from Ohio State with the tenth pick. I'm going to actually <laughs> give yeah. you guys a fair shake.
1: That's good.
0: <laughs> yeah, so if I'm Dallas and offense looks fine, um, depending on whether or not that Cresswell comes deck, you still got three legitimate wide receivers, you got a solid tight end. Everything, you pretty much got everything... Thing that you need.
1: Some question O-line. How
0: yeah, big question on O-line. And the defense is a this defense is a major work in progress. Um, you still got young corners. So with this pick, I'm gonna go, and this might this might hurt Giants. Well, this may hurt up uh, people with uh you know contingents with the offensive line. I'm gonna go. Uh, Rashard Slater, offensive tackle from Northwestern.
3: Yep, I think that's a perfect pick. I think this, this pick has two effects. One, they stopped the Giants from getting Slater, and I know for a fact the Giants would have wanted Slater, no questions asked, at number 11 if he was available. And it starts to get Dallas Cowboys back to that that strong offensive line that allowed their running game to 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 really extend the game for them and keep them in control. And that's when they play their best football, when they can run the ball down everyone's throats. Yep. Yeah. They do have a lot of questions at other positions, but I think you don't you don't let the Giants get a chance at Slater to make Saquon Barkley better. So you take him now and make sure that they have to go in a different direction.
1: You know, this is the reason all the, all the teams in the NFC East are all eight and eight every damn year and they all hate each other because the Eagles took who the Cowboys want in Sertan. The Cowboys, exactly. who drafted the Giants want, and you just watch the Giants go and draft who Washington. It's like, exactly. That's exactly what's happening. They're cannibalizing each other, man. Because I guarantee hey, you, hey, hey, is hey, there, hey. that's the pick.
0: Yeah.
2: I you know I'm good you address a really big need here uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, but I don't think it's the biggest need in my opinion I get offense rules the game but if we can remember one thing is that the fact that the NFC the NFC East is terrible it is absolutely, oh, absolutely. awful yeah, it is. <laughs> and, it's, and one and one unit in particular that from outside of Washington that always seems to be doing terrible in this specific division. Is the defense and yes. and we saw how bad Dallas got last year. We saw it was terrible. Just Historical. played awful, awful, awful. So and for me, I'm not too crazy about the linebacker the linebacker options that they have currently mm. right right now. Jalen Smith said to be a free agent, is gonna be demanding some good money. I don't think he deserves it. I think you 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 let him walk. Whoa, whoa whoa um
1: jalen smith's got an extension he's got lots of money coming
2: but you can still cut him you, you, there, you, you can cut still it, cut him with you can cut him you, with you, a minimum with a minimum cap pit and also yeah, that's true
0: you're you talking about lane is going to be a free agent because jalen brown uh, jalen smith's got an extension
2: that's what i often i often confuse badder them because for me they they were they came in as elite touting defenders who who played well on the defense but have regressed significantly Absolutely. over the past year or so so I'm not confident in the linebacking core. I would have wanted to see the the linebacker out of out of out of uh, uh, Notre Dame, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa over do with the have, Dallas Cowboys really sure up that middle of the defense.
1: Do you have blue over Micah Parsons?
2: I do. I really do. Because I, do I feel like I just feel like Jeremiah has much more of, of, of good stretch and athleticism than Micah does.
1: Now, the thing about him is he's like 220 pounds, maybe. So, uh, you know, he's absolutely that prototypical cover linebacker. Love the kid. I mean, we'll talk about him later. But, uh, you know, and I think he'd be a great fit in that system, let Jason Smith maybe go play some strong side linebacker and get the hell off the field mostly. But at the same time, you know, like I said, you got Parsons, you've got Wu there. But, you know, I, I think they've already sunk that cost and realized it's the same GM for the last 25 years. He doesn't like yeah. admitting mistakes. And, and and I think I think the pick is right here, and that Slater is a guy that you can put in there, and then eventually maybe he becomes your right tackle and Lyle Collins switches to left or whatever. I think I think that's what happens.
2: And
0: you know what also helps out a very bad defense? Uh, offensive offense that stays on the field. If you give Rashard Slater, that, that running game was Zeke, LA could possibly give you, you know, six, seven seven-minute time possessions on offense. It alleviates a lot what what the defense is able to do.
3: Exactly.
0: Yeah. All right. And number eleven is the New York Giants, and they just saw their possible pick just got taken from them. So from the Giants, and and I saw you know our offensive lineman you know got taken because you know Dallas just lost their pick to Philadelphia. Yeah. And I'm looking at this board. You know what? I'm going to go because he's fallen this far. So I'm, I'm going to – I got the Giants right here taking Devontae Smith from Alabama.
1: Good call. That's, that is – I was about to ask you what your, what your board looked like and whether you have Pitts or Devontae Smith there. I think it's great there.
2: I think it's a yes. odd, amazing uh, – a really good pick right here. Sorry. Sorry to drop Chris. Uh, like, okay. you want to go first?
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, Golden Tate's gone. So, and neither did Sterling Shepard or Darius Slade is number one options. So, even Ooh. still then, you can have Devontae Smith just be on the field with all three of them at the same time. Evan Ingram at the tight end position. Saquon Barkley. And, you know, Daniel Jones, who – more or less uh still the jury's still out for him, but he's pretty much a uh below uh just an average starter at this point. But surrounding him with those cluster of weapons for a full season, hopefully this season they get like a full, you know, training camp all season with all those guys can work. And really, this is really the last opportunity for Daniel Jones to truly really kill himself as you know this franchise as a franchise quarterback. You got a legitimate uh number one wide uh, a potential wide receiver if he puts on the weight in Devontae Smith. Uh, good compliment. And now, because Devontae Smith is going to be a future number one, Gary Slayton and Sterling Shepard are a are complimentary wide receiver to be able to feed off of that. Evan and Evan Ingram is also going to be getting some as well if he's able to hold on to the ball. Saquon Barkley's coming back. So the Giants' offense is. Is gonna be lock and loaded for you know the 2020 season after a really good showing from the defensive special team last year under the first year of Joe Judge.
3: That's true. I will say that but because of the way this this is shaking out, and I think we, we're we're trickling effect from the Eagles first pick, throwing it, taking who the Cowboys wanted, Cowboys taking who the Giants wanted. So now we landed Devontae Smith at 11. I didn't see him going here for some reason. Not a lot of people are are okay with him. He's a smaller guy. He's like 180 pounds soaking wet. So a lot of people are out on him even though he has the the separation ability that a lot of guys even at the pro level can't can't get. He's a guy who will get past you and before you even realize he's 15 yards behind your best defender. Yep. (laughs) Uh,
1: He's Marvin Harrison. Yeah. He, he,
3: yeah. he is a guy, he's a guy you can build your receiving core around. He's that guy you're like, "You know what? The secondary, the, the opposing secondary has to double team this guy and somebody else is going to slip open because he is that, he is that deceptively fast.
2: It's a great pick. I'm not going to argue with it, but I took a step back for a minute, and looked at my draft rankings right here, and I think the New York Giants like, you know, they took the t- best player available in this in yes. this year draft position. But there wasn't there's still a need on that offensive line that they need to address, yes. especially in the interior. And I would have liked to see uh Elijah Vera Tucker, the guard out of USC, be taken over there. I actually, like I had her more, her
3: here as like, well. The,
2: you need the Giants need to learn from their New York counterparts about developing a quarterback, and it's protecting him as much as you can. And the only Absolutely. way you can do that, especially in a division filled with good pass rushes on the interior, you mm-hmm. gotta show up the middle of that line. And I will that's, say that's
1: there's a lot of guards and centers in, in the second, third round of this draft. So I mean that's there's, true. There's oh, I was about there. to say that. Yep.
0: Yeah, you got Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, John Myers. Plenty of guys that are definitely going to be able to make that pick worth it. All right, uh, now number 12. It's the San Francisco 49ers on the clock. And once again, back to back to back for me. Um, I'm not going to spend this much time on it. I know exactly who I'm going to get. I'm going to get cornerback J.C. Horn.
3: Woo! Wow. So I actually nice. I actually had him going to the Cowboys because Farley and, Sir, and certain were taken already. I thought he was going to be the one that jumped up and get taken right away because their secondary is absolute garbage. So I'm not yeah. mad I'm not mad at JC Horn going here. There's a lot of questions uh in in San Francisco at the quarterback position whether they're going to cut Jimmy Garoppolo, get out of his contract now and play uh I forget their their backups name who played pretty decently while he was hurt. But uh this is a this build, this 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 helps him out in a tough division because I, I think that uh that NFC West is one of the the toughest divisions in all of football. All four of those it's teams probably, it
0: is and, the toughest.
3: Yeah, I would say right now where each team is at any of those teams could win that division and take that playoff spot with two more teams entering the playoffs at at, a, at six and seven.
2: Yeah. This is for me, JC Horn. He is like just on measurables alone and playing ability, the the ceiling is Jalen Ramsey. He's big, mm-hmm. he's physical, he's the same size as Ramsey even, six one. Yeah. So that's the ceiling. I'm just, uh, like, the the bottom, though, like, he played in South Carolina. That's a no-joke SEC school down there. No doubt about the competition going on. I'm just uh, a little hesitant of what he can do against the quicker receivers out there in the NFC West. Yeah, size matters, but can he keep up with a lot of them? Cooper Cup. Robert Woods with the Los Angeles Chargers, DK Metcalf and Tyra Locket on the outside, especially nothing, nothing even mentioned what what the Cardinals are bringing with DeAndre Hopkins. So like, yep. it's gonna be it's a tough it's gonna be a tough division for him to function in. Again, the ceiling is Jalen Ramsey. I can't tell what the floor is here though.
1: Correct. Right. No, I agree. It's it's a risky pick, but I mean. The, the guy is absolutely, again, we talk about that just lockdown type of corner. You know, I don't necessarily need him playing in space. I need him absolutely just locking it down. And, I mean, again, it's a very solid pick. I think the way this board is broken with those cornerbacks going high, I want to ask everybody this question before we move on to the next one, which is who's your next corner on the board? And where is he? Mm. as everybody scrambles to the computer. Who's the next corner you got
3: on your board? Uh, I don't have – not anybody I take in this first round. Maybe – I maybe – and this is this – is, again, this is Packer bias because of where we're at in the draft and knowing the history of how the Packers draft, Asante Samuel Jr. would have jumped up – would have jumped up my board at that position. But again, at, at top 15, absolutely not.
1: But yeah, we're talking a full tier down for sure. Okay, yeah, no,
3: the next he's my he's my next guy off the board if I have to pick a defensive uh, a defensive bat.
2: I would have to go Northwestern product Greg Newsom. I think he'd be a pretty good. I think he'd. I like
3: him. I like him too. I think I think him and Asante Samuel Jr.'s game are very similar to one another. They they have good they have good agility. They they both rotate their hips when they're when they're in pursuit of their guys. They're they're really solid.
1: Yeah,
0: it's just uh, those three inches that make the difference for Newsom. It's yeah. being six one, nine, five ten. Yeah, uh, exactly. Chris, who you got next? Honestly, it, it was a tie between uh,
2: Sancho <laughs> Freeman Jr. and uh, uh, Iffy from Syracuse. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and and Alibonu,
1: yeah.
2: yeah oh, I love yeah. him. Yeah. Him and Andre Cisco are the most underrated. Or one of the more underrated DBs in this class. Cisco, I think, went out went out went out too badly with that eight, with that. Bad injury he suffered in warmups uh, last last year. He's like, and he's still rated as a top four, top five safety in this draft. It's just a matter of where to take him. I think the only other
1: guy I've got in that group, and again, we're talking top of the second round for these guys, or, or bottom of the first, is Eric Stokes, the Georgia yeah. kid who just, uh, just ran yeah.
0: the four
2: two four, whatever he oh, ran at the, the fake. Oh yeah, I saw that yesterday. I missed it.
0: I, I think
1: we'll. I think we'll definitely have a, a, a long time before we talk cornerbacks again.
0: Yeah. Listen. Absolutely. Listen. We all listen. And if Al Davis was alive, Eric Stokes would have been a Raider right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm picking 17. Watch out now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just win, baby. All right. Now the 13th pick. The Chargers are on the clock. So, what you got for us, Jeff?
1: Okay. I had up to for. Every mock draft I would do for the Chargers, I'm going O-line here, right? They got to build up some O-line. Yeah. They need uh, they need help on in the interior. Um, you know, Feeney's been a, a bust of a pick. They, they're losing their center. You know, I I would I would be taking Elijah Barrett Tucker here. That would be my pick as a guy who can play guard, who can flip to tackle if I need him to. He's a great player. Mm-hmm. I love the versatility and all that. But if you're telling me on this board, that the guy I basically have almost fifth on my board is still available and Kyle Pitts, and I can get a young, dynamic weapon for a guy, uh, for a a young rookie quarterback or a second-year quarterback at a Herbert. Man, I am. Hunter Henry's a free agent. Virgil Green is gone. Dude, go get me Kyle Pitts. I will take Kyle Pitts, and I will just not even apologize about it. I'll fix my O-line later. Give me that, again, generational (laughs) weapon.
2: Next up, Hunter Henry. Uh, I got, I got, I got this. Uh, like, I think it's a good move. I think like, the biggest need that news are going to have in this draft is Ed Rusher with Melvin Ingram possibly leaving in free agency. But I like, also this, this is not a strong. This is not. This isn't a strong draft class for pass rushers. So I like the pick no. right here. Uh, uh, right here, I would have. I I still would have hoped that you would have taken that guard uh, 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 out of USC, but. For now, Kyle Pitts, what a steal at eleven.
3: Yep. Yeah, I have no issues with that. Uh, like you said, if 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 Kyle Pitts wasn't sitting here at thirteen, it would absolutely been Vera Tucker. But you can't you can't pass that up. You get you get four years with a gener with with a generational type tight, tight end. And you now you don't have to pay Hunter Henry a dime. That, uh, that's 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 too easy of a pick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I'm glad we're all in agreement. Not much uh, fanfare for that. All right, with the 14th pick, the Minnesota Vikings are on the board. So, Shane, who you got going to the purple people eaters?
3: Mm. Now, see now now that we're we're here in this uh, this midsection, there's a lot of a lot of guys who can jump jump where they're they were originally projected. Uh, they need they need help on defense. They they absolutely cannot miss a defensive player here. It's it's question of who. Micah Parsons is the best linebacker on on, on in this draft, and I, I feel I feel like he is probably their best option. But I also think that that they're interested in Gregory Rousseau. They want they want they want more of a pass rushing kind of guy. And even though we didn't see anything of him this year, I think that he's. Uh, He's been building himself up, you know, with his uh, during this drafting process. But again, I, I think Micah Parsons is is too good of a player to pass up if he's still sitting here now. So I'm going to I'm going to take Micah Parsons for, to the Vikings. Hmm.
1: Oh, Micah Parsons. Huh? He did go linebacker. Wow.
3: Yeah, I went linebacker. He's, he's, he's just too he's just too good to let him slip any further. If, if if we didn't if, if so many teams didn't need a quarterback, he's easily a top ten pick. Uh,
1: any worry about the off field stuff? Hey, by the way, Chris, he's up in Philly. You hear any off field stuff on this yeah. guy?
2: Um, yeah, no, it's not great. Nothing worth uh, about. I mean, it's more just he. It's not that he was directly involved, or like it's alleged that he wasn't directly involved, but you know. It is a concern, but if you're in the late teens and he's dropped this far, just because of that, I mean, and, and there's there's reports
3: deal. that he will continue to slip further in a lot of people's minds because of that off-field issue, and that's that's a that's a real possibility. But I think the Vikings want to. They saw the immediate impact of the Bears defensive defensive unit when they traded for Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not comparing Micah Parsons to Khalil Mack, but I think they want somebody who can have a similar effect. They want a guy who can come in day one and cause so much disruption that they 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 keep, you know, they'll they can keep these guys out of the game. If they, they want to hold guys to under 28 points because it'll make it it'll make it easier for cousins to win if he doesn't need to throw. Up to thirty-five points at any given at any given time.
2: This like I like your I like your, your take on addressing the defense. I would have wanted to address the secondary here uh, because the Vikings had one of the worst secondaries in the league last year. I think gave up more than two hundred and fifty passing yards per game around that around that edge. And while we were talking about that, maybe a corner wasn't exactly like a first round a first round. Uh, a, a first round um, heavy uh, depth after the last three corners were taken off the board, the Vikings would have had to reach either way. and This is where I think Newsom would have had to go.
3: Mm. Yeah. That's fair. All right.
0: All right. So the New England Patriots are on the clock. Lon, since you're drafting on behalf of the AFC East, who you got?
2: Well, look. I played a little bit with the fact that the, that the Patriots need wide receivers. It is brutally, it is brutally obvious how much they're missing at the pass catching position. Uh, Julian Edelman is an aging slot back, and that's and that's a oxymoron in and of itself. The Nikhil Harry's a bust as a first rounder. I've seen it enough times to know that I can move on from him pretty easily. Um, but it's also Cam might not come back. And, <laughs> and and with Cam not coming back, there's a glaring hole over in, in the quarterback position. And what am I supposed to do? Go with Jason? Uh, with Jason Stidham?
1: Jared Stidham. Yes. Jared Stidham. Jared
2: Stidham. Jared Stidham for the rest of, for the rest of 2021? I don't think so. I'm not doing that either. So it's a, quite a conundrum. So I'm going to assume, and I'm assuming that the Patriots, might I, uh, is Bill Belichick is going to do the same thing he's always done, which is not not uh, kind of play cool in free agency, but he's not trading away this pick. And I think they'll find a solution for wide receiver in in free agency somehow. I don't know who it's going to be. It's not going to be Allen Robinson. It might be Juju if they can if they can nail him down somehow. Um, so I'm I'm letting the Patriots take Mac Jones, Alabama a quarterback out of Alabama.
3: Well done. Child. Well done. Uh, That's. Right. A, I feel like that. I feel like that's pretty pretty solid. Uh, Mac Jones is drawing a lot of comparisons to a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo, which fits into the Patriot way. That's Jimmy G was the guy that Belichick really wanted to keep. You know, the management. The management wanted Brady. They were for he for they forced his hand in trading him to get value out of him. But if you can get a guy who is built the same way as the guy you wanted to be your successor you can't pass that.
2: You're bearing the leash here too. He's actually had comparisons to Tom Brady also in yeah. the draft process, too.
3: If you're going so. go to yeah, go that way, you're going to go that way, would definitely definitely see that. And at the same time, even if even if the Patriots decide to bring Cam Newton back for another season, you know, now that he's past the the COVID, the COVID scare and all of that stuff. Mac Jones will Will at some point get snaps on the center in game, probably later in the season, maybe around week twelve, just to just to get his arms, his arm into into uh, situations. And I think Belichick and I think Belichick and um, what's their what's their OC's name again? Josh
2: McDaniels. Josh
3: McDaniels. I think Josh McDaniels. I think that this I think Mac Jones is the type of guy that Josh McDaniels would want to mold to being the guy because we don't know how much longer Belichick is gonna is going to be the head coach there. Josh McDaniels is waiting for his turn patiently. And I think Mac Jones, Josh McDaniels, that's the combo that we want to see in the future five years from now.
2: Not to mention, the biggest knock with Mac was that uh, like, they don't know whether he was actually talented or it was the immense amount of talent he had at Alabama that was supporting him with Waddle and Najee Harris and Devontae Smith. So going into New England where you have none of those, it's going yes. to be the ultimate test in seeing whether he is truly a franchise quarterback or not.
1: Let me ask this. How high is Mac Jones going to get drafted? Like, we're not doing trades. He makes it to 15. This is a quarterback needy team. But we know teams are going to move up. We know, you know, San Francisco we talked about. We talked about the Patriots. We talked about Washington. You can even go down the list. You want to talk New Orleans and some of these other teams. How uh, high do you think Mac Jones actually gets drafted in this?
3: No, the, I believe. I believe this is as high as he can go. I I don't think any of the teams in the top in the in that top ten where we placed all of those quarterbacks. I don't think any of them would take a chance on on Mag Jones, and that's the kind mm-hmm. of guy Belichick goes for. I I I, I don't see it. I, I think, think everybody you know, they, that I, should I, mean, been, I think
1: Carolina. Hey, I don't think if the top four or the those top. I mean, obviously we all forget Trevor Lawrence. The other three guys go, yeah. and I think Carolina at eight could easily. I mean, we talked about it. Denver at nine. I mean, I, I think it's. I, I think it's possible. I, I
2: just. I don't think I, that fits that that, that Matt rule system down there. No, I don't think he's not mobile wind enough wind. to fit that system.
3: I think even even if we flip quarterbacks, like say Wilson went to the Jets, Justin, uh, I, I would have seen J- Trey Lance go to the to the Falcons, and Justin Fields falls to the Panthers. I still don't see any situation where Mac Jones is not the fifth quarterback off the board, and he is not in a team yeah. that is under under ten.
2: I mean, unless you saw unless you saw something out of Peyton Ramsey, out of Ian Book, out of Kalamon that you liked, Mac Jones is going to be definitely the next QB off this off the off this list. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And and I like I said, I think it's top ten. If you guys want to put some some. Uh, Bovada bets on it. I, I'll take. There will be five quarterbacks in the top ten of this draft. They don't deserve
0: to. Be okay, good maybe. Okay. Know. The only, the only other, the other, scenario other scenario where I could good good see. Good good oh, sorry about that. The only other scenario I could possibly see if Dallas is for sure Dak Prescott's not coming back, and you're not sold on any Dalton. Maybe I could see Mac Jones go number ten. Maybe, but outside of that, I, fifteen New England makes fifteen is ideal for him. All right, all right, all right, and now number 16, the Raiders are on the clock.
1: Nope, Jeff, what you got for us? No, nope, oh, Arizona
0: 16. No, no,
3: we're at we're, we're Arizona 16.
0: Oh, 16? Oh, all right. Hold on, let me uh, get to the board.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right.
1: Don't take, don't take my guy. If I need to run up to the front of the room, you pass.
2: I'm doing it. Right.
0: <laughs> all right with this pick, it's either it's going to be either offensive or defensive line. Kyler Murray's got sacked 75 times over the first two years of his uh, tenure, and you're letting Hassan Riddick, who is going to leave a free agency, and you just got J.J. Watt, and you, you have a bunch of old pass rushers, so you're going to need somebody to go into the future. However, I'm going to go the safe routes. I'm going to go offensive lineman. I'm going to go Elijah Barrett Tucker guard from USA. Sure shore up that solid. offensive line for Kyler Murray.
1: Very solid. I like it. Um, I, I think there's a possibility here. Obviously, you know, you're letting Patrick Peterson go, but the cornerbacks are all gone, as we talked about earlier. I think J.C. Horn would be a perfect fit here if he made it. Uh, I think you've, yeah. you've talked about, uh, as you know, edge rusher Chandler Jones getting up in age, but you signed J.J. Watt, so that's going to help with the pass rush. So yeah, I think I think your next best bet, you know, you're looking right there, and and without the top wide receivers, you know, if, if one of those top wide receivers fell this far, great, but I think that's a, that's a great pick.
3: I'm sorry, say that again. Right. Who, do, who do we uh, who do we take just now? Vera Tucker, uh, Oh yeah, Ver- yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that, yeah, that's, uh, that's a solid pick. I've been,
2: I've been preaching for for offensive guards for for to be start taking early in this draft and. Well, I applaud the Cardinals for doing that because they do need to re, – re, the, the, the whole reason that they got Kyler Murray in the first place was because he was mobile and could work with a bad offensive line.
3: That's true.
2: However, if it's true that Hassan Radik is not going to be there anymore, again, I would have loved the replacement for him at, at, at a cheaper option. And like I mentioned before, I think Jeremiah ulusi Korowora Cor- 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 would have been a great fit for that system and that defense would have been a great plug-in for Hassan Riddick.
0: Yeah. Also, before we get off the Cardinals, Arizona, please move Isaiah Simmons back to linebacker. He's not a safety. Please. Boy, no. Please.
1: Well, and – Please, God. Because I think Isaiah Simmons and Koromora are really good comps, right? Like they're yes. linebacker yeah. safety hybrid does everything – and it really felt like Arizona didn't know what to do with him last year. Yeah. No. I'm no no offense to
3: the, no offense to the Cardinals organization for trying to use him in that hybrid role. The guy is six foot four. Put him in the middle of the field. No one's throwing over his head. I promise you. They yep. got to go. Ar- they got to go around him. They will not. They're not going over his head because he can jump out. He can jump with the best cornerbacks.
1: And the and dude- the dude showed some pass rush at Clemson, too. Like I said, he's yeah. your Hassan Reddick fix, I think. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think this is a great Yeah.
0: Play. And not to mention, the guy can run, too. So it's like, if you need him to cover those top uh, tight ends, he's your guy, also. Just get him out of that safety spot.
1: Agreed. Uh, yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. Then, number, number 17. Sorry about that. Now the Raiders are officially on the board.
1: Now the, va- the Raiders are on the board. Vegas. So, I need, I need some blitz. I need some glamour. I need uh, – You need some you know, riders. You look grinders. You look at that team, the defense was absolutely dreadful last year. The offense really wasn't that bad. Derek Hart had a pretty decent season. They had, a, you know, all those wide receivers, you lose an Aguilar, but everything else worked pretty well except for when Jacobs got hurt. The line's decent, uh, though there's talk about trading Trent Brown. I think I got to fix defense. And for me, the biggest whiff that they had last year, they went out in free agency. They spent big on linebacker. It didn't work. Corey Littleton was not the guy he was in Green Bay. Uh, everything else just. Was... Cardinals, yeah. Or no, the Rams. He was with the Rams. Were...
2: He was with the Rams and the Steelers.
1: That's right. Yeah. Either way, he wasn't the guy they wanted to be. Yeah, he came from the Rams and, and yeah, it just didn't work altogether. I think you got to go linebacker, and this is where Coromora finally does come off the board. Thank he's he's you. your cover linebacker. He's your he's a hybrid safety. He also could place John Abraham, a- Abram, who is the worst-rated safety in the league. So, I mean, if I need him to play a little safety, I can do that too. Give me Coromora and that blitzy Notre Dame helmet.
0: All right.
2: I'm not going to argue with that. Ra- linebackers, honestly, the biggest need for the Raiders on this draft board. They're okay. Like they had probably the worst linebacking core in the league last year. So, adding a guy, adding a guy like Corumoro, who is so versatile, who is a smart, smart player when it comes to reading, when it comes to reading plays before the ball snaps. This is, and also, it could be, it will revitalize a very a suffering defense, and that is just you know, music to the tune of John Gruden.
1: Absolutely. 30th last season and third down percentage allowed. 30th. That ain't good. That ain't going going to get it
0: done. No complaints from here. All right. So now we're going to 18th. And that pick belongs to the Miami Dolphins.
2: Miami Dolphins. All right. That'd be be me. While you're on the clock. Well, so with Miami – Look, the defense is, sol- is is starting to become a solid unit, albeit they do still need some fixes, particularly at linebacker. But the top two linebackers have already been taken off, off the board with Parsons and with uh, Ousu Koromoa. So there is still depth at linebacker in this draft. But like I said, you still need to surround Tua uh, Tagovailoa with actual weapons. Around him. And with all due respect, the five running backs on this on this on the team's roster is horrendous. Salvin Ahmed, Matt Breida, Miles Gaskin, Patrick Laird, DeAndre Washington. None of these are RB1. And while the league is now starting to operate more out of a running back by committee rotation, there there is still need for a number one running back in this league. You can't deny guys like Derek. Like Derrick Henry, like uh, Dalvin Christian McCaffrey. Like there are still teams that can still succeed with a number one back. So with that being said, I think the Dolphins are gonna take are gonna be the team that takes the first running back off the board here. And it will not be an Alabama reunion, but instead it will be a Clemson Alabama combo with Travis Etienne being taken, eighteenth overall by the <laughs> Miami Dolphins
3: interesting i want you to know that mm. that hurt me that hurt me at, at my core
2: I, look Najee is a great power back who can who knows who who can who can catch and has great speed when he takes off into the second level but travis etienne is a perfect well rounded overall offensive skill player okay you can put him in the slot you can put him out of the back, you can even line him up on the outside and in punt return. He is an overall versatile running back, much more than I can say Najee is. And that's, I still think Najee, and I still think that Najee will be taken late first, early second. But mm. Etienne is RB one in this league, in this in this draft.
3: Oh, that's fair. I it, personally, I would have went Najee Harris because there their uh running back room is so heavy. They've got five guys. I'm sure they're gonna cut it down to to maybe three, including not including who they're picking up now. And I feel like the combination between uh the power back that Najee Harris is and somebody like Matt Breeder who is a speed guy. Or I feel Gaskin. like that or Gaskin, I feel like that combination of the true power back and a speedy guy to slip in and out of your sets would have been better for them. Mm-hmm especially because we know that Tua and Harris do have familiarity with each other. Yeah. I feel like that he'd feel, he feel comfortable knowing that Harris has that ball and can get him that two, three yards he needs to extend those drives. But I'm not upset with ETN being picked because he's a tremendous running back.
1: Yeah, mm. both these guys I think are right at the same level. I think, you know, uh, I, I, again, I, I agree with you. I think I would have gone Harris there too for the compliment and for the power back. But what I will say is, dude, if both the Alabama wide receivers say they like Mac Jones over two, how do we know Najee Harris doesn't either? So that's
3: uh, that, so that maybe, is that dude, is uh, that's that's that's, that's, fair. So that's,
1: really,
3: that's fair. So that's
1: for the Dolphins to figure out. That's not my problem. So if you really
2: think about it, like the the uh, the the Harris debate is a lot like the Wilson Fields debate. Who's truly like the one that's better over the others? Similar in terms of play style. And ability uh, and in praise by by the football community, but which one can you take? You, Let's just you,
1: hope it's not the Peyton Manning Ryan Leaf debate.
2: Oh, god, oh my
1: gosh, <laughs> or, 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 or,
2: or, or, or the Jameis Winston Marcus Mariota debate.
1: Hey, nobody won that one. No one, no, we need
2: well, someone to win this one. The only good ever um off season transaction that benefited both parties was Stefan Diggs for a first-round pick between the Buffalo Bills and the Minnesota Vikings because Minnesota got Justin Jefferson.
3: So. That's true. I will say in the Mariota-Winston argument, one of them is in the record books for having 5,000 yards in a season. Regardless of how he got it, a lot of it was garbage time, but he's he also, got it. He's
2: also going to have his own 30-for-30 30 30 for throwing 30-for-30. 30 30.
3: Exactly. <laughs> that's a, Yeah, that's true. That's a good point.
0: All right, nineteen. Yeah, that's uh, Washington football team. Man, this is this is tough because their biggest need they weren't they're they're not weren't high enough in order for them to get one of those top quarterbacks. So
1: let's assume they get Bridgewater or Sam Darnold.
3: Yeah, okay. I, I'm under the I'm under yeah. the impression that they have. Figured out their quarterback situation
2: and
0: free agency. For real, agreed. Okay, all right, all right. In that case, I'm not a fan of their wide receiver room outside of Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin uh, is probably their only consistent wide receiver that they have. So, however, even so, then I still think there's plenty of you know a couple of guys who can go day two to like you know fill that room. So with this, I'm gonna go offensive tackle Christian Dariushaw from Virginia Tech to up that offensive line.
1: Well done, sir.
3: Yeah, that's uh, the, yeah, they have one of the worst offensive lines in football. That 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 whole division, honestly, the whole NFC East. If, if every one of them took an offensive lineman in the first round, I don't think anybody can argue argue that decision because. Yeah. The fact that the football, the Washington football team, made it to the playoffs at seven and nine is honestly just abysmal.
1: And Derislaw could slide in because Sheriff is a free agent. If they don't retrain him, he can slide right in there and play some guard if he needs to. He can flip yes. out the left tackle if necessary. Absolutely great play. I, I think he's a plug and play guy who plays for them for the next 15 years.
0: Yes. So
1: so I, you, so you ever see, NFC
0: East, fans, I didn't screw you guys up. <laughs>
2: Now it's all a matter of whether or not Washington can bring back Brandon Scherf. You know, like because, like, yeah, that that offensive line did its best with what it had. Brandon Scherf clearly is the better is the better player in that on that whole unit. So, Absolutely. if you can, if you can, re- if you can reassure the outside with Christian Derisaw would be it's very ideal, but it's all hinging on to whether or not they can actually even bring back uh, Brandon's shirt. And if, and those they, are they-
3: if, if they know what's good for them, whatever Brandon is asking for, just pay it. Just pay it. Just- make sure yeah. he comes back. Make sure you have that consistency on your line. That is, one of the, that is one of the units where you need to have consistency. You cannot just go year in and year out. P- picking and pl- plugging guys in, you need to have a unit that gets comfortable with each other. Pass blocking.
0: Yeah. After Joe Seisman, after RG three, after Alex Smith, you can't play with they, the offensive linemen. Especially you cannot. You cannot. You have.
3: I think they have gone. They've gone through the second most quarterbacks uh, behind behind the Browns, and that is they, they they can't afford that if they want if they want to continue going for it. And I don't think Ron Rivera would sit around and allow that. To be the con- the continuing trend.
2: Praise be to Ron Rivera. I'm sorry. I, I love amazing, so amazing,
3: amazing coach. I I am I'm, I'm glad that he got over his uh, his cancer, and I'm glad he's still with this team.
1: And they're sitting with the yes. sixth most salary cap money. They're gonna be fine. Yeah. I yes. You sure yeah. Of, and you and you get a guy like that, and you and you build up that depth. Absolutely.
2: But I will say, I love Washington as a team. I hate the person that owns it. That is all.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, now the twentieth pick. The Chicago Bears are on the clock. They finally get a first round pick after the whole Khalil match rate. So yeah, they same. they they,
3: they, they the, the Bears are another one of those teams that perpetually bite themselves or shoot themselves in the foot, I should say. Uh they have the weirdest quarterback situation I've seen in a long time with Nick with Nick Foles' heavy contract and then you know, their issues with Foles or whatever. I think they, I think they sort out, or at least attempt to sort out whatever they're going to plan to do in that regards in free agency or in training camp. It's I don't think their quarterback room has anything to do with this draft. I think their next biggest biggest need, they need a skill position. They need a wide receiver because Allen Robinson cannot h- pick up the whole load of this team. Outside of Allen Robinson, i i watch NF- I watch the NFC North football, and I can't readily think of anybody. Riley Ridley has not lived up to the expectations that he that they thought he would like his like his uh, older brother and, and
2: Anthony I mean, Miller it, hasn't done a good job either.
3: Anthony Miller, it, it happens, and I get it that those guys couldn't they they haven't reached that that part yet. So I think they go Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. I think he's the mm. guy they want. He's a bigger receiver. Mm. He knows how to he he. he I think of all the guys we've we've talked about so far, we've talked about most of their separation, their separation ability. Bateman is a guy who can play through contact, and that's cool. that's what you want at the NFL level. You want a, you want a guy who can bump up with these with these uh, corners and these safeties and still make the play. And I think his size, his size and ability, his route running, that's what they need in Chicago.
1: All right, two questions. One, first of all, Bateman is. One hundred percent, Allen Robinson part due, right? That's uh, true. Exactly yeah. my comp. Two, are you franchise tagging Alan Robinson?
3: Absolutely, he's he's not leaving. He so has to stay with
1: two guys that are the same guy.
2: If that's I, the case, if that's have, the case, sorry, sorry, sorry.
3: I have no, I have no issues with them having similar comps. If if you just have to, you have to work. You, you, they'd have to work through that it's more of okay i know exactly what both guys are giving me if they're all, if they're one on one is on each side of the field i feel like their both of their abilities to play through contact allows that mid that mid to deep range of throws i can trust i can trust either one of them to go out and fight for the ball and you know especially in a colder a colder division you know they're going to be playing in a lot of rain a lot of snow Guys who can go and fight for it and hold on to the ball are are, are valued up in the up in the north. Absolutely,
2: yeah. I would have honestly thought Kadarius Tony would have been this pick right here. Yeah, but, I you know, I, I, questions- I didn't
3: want to go Tony only because I I still I still have questions about him personally. I did definitely, I I, did, I I've been reading comp, uh, the comps for him and they they put him in a a Percy Harvin kind of comparison. And they, they don't know whether he's gonna he's gonna I'm live if he's guy. gonna if he's gonna if he's gonna flame if he's gonna flame out kind of like person, or if he can use this that rare skill set that he has and actually become a top flight receiver. So mm-hmm. I went with this I went with the safer of the two, and I thought Bateman was a safer choice there.
1: The injury, the concerns, the off-field concerns, the the fact that he didn't run routes. Every like most of the yards he got at Florida was bubble screens was you know handoffs was all this kind of gadgety stuff that exactly to an extent but if I want a gadget guy he's a second rounder for me.
3: Absolutely you're yeah. absolutely right and this Bateman has shown that he will go and he will fight he will make these cuts and he's very he's, he's very intelligent and that's what you that's what you need you need an intelligent guy to go out there and make the right decision when he especially if he gets bumped off of his route.
2: My only and, question is oh go ahead. No you're, cool. no you're fine. Go all on, right. yeah. all right. I'm just thinking more of versatility in the pass catching game. All right. You know, Allen Robinson is a physical 50 50 ball wide receiver who won- who runs great routes down the middle. Tony, being a quick, speedy on, on the outside, can go for those deep balls when you need him to. So it's all about versatility, and especially with what Ryan, P- with what um, the head coach Nagy, what Nagy can do. With that offense, if he does anything at all, if he any if he comes out of that stagnant play-calling approach that he had uh, last year, Juan,
3: well, your, yeah. you're exactly if, right. I if I was it. going to go for a speedster, if I was going to go for a speedster to 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 give me that versatility, I would have had to go Terrence Marshall. But I don't think Terrence Marshall is a day one, is a is a is a, is a you know first round guy. I think he's a second round. He's a second round. I don't think I would, I'd reach for him. In the first round, that's that that's a thing for me.
1: My only question isn't talking about the versatility. One hundred percent is that if I'm getting Rashad Bateman and I think he's Allen Robinson, then now I'm gonna franchise tag Robinson and trade him to get my quarterback.
3: Yeah, yeah, that that, that that's pretty that's pretty
1: safe. I'm I'm trading Allen Robinson to the Jets for Darnold and you know whatever and some picks.
2: Darnold in that system, uh, especially if Nagy actually has someone he can work with, that can actually work.
3: Now, if only, and now if only they can figure out what to do to uh, get out of Foles' contract.
1: As, as a great man in Dallas once said, Foles isn't an option. <laughs> <laughs> the Great Jerry Jones. All right. all right. And with 21.
0: All right. And with the 21st pick, the Indianapolis Colts are on the board. And with this pick, the uh, yeah. And it's a it's an eleven five playoff team. They're really solid the roster. They solidify, you know, their quarterback going forward. The Frank Wright Carson Wentz reunion. However, Anthony Costanzo did retire. So that's a major blow to the offensive line. You still got you still got your anchor in Quentin Nelson, but you need to replace, you know, an offense that offensive tackle spot. So with this pick I'm gonna go, might be a little reach, but I'm gonna go Jalen Mayfield for Michigan. Ooh, he's
1: polarizing. Okay. Juan, go first.
3: Okay. I'm not, I'm not mad at that. I, I think I, I would have went, I would have went edge here. I would have gotten a, a pass rusher, because that, that, uh, that division is one of those that uh, they don't have a ton of great pass rushers right now. They've got a couple, but like no one really stands out for me just yet.
1: And the free
3: agent. Yeah. And I think you wanna you wanna start developing your guys that can pressure the quarterback. But this is that's a safe pick for the Colts. And as we've seen in the past, because of what happened with Andrew Luck being beaten, beaten up so badly to to force him into retirement essentially, having more linemen who are versatile can move around, that's that's not a problem. Madison. Carson Wentz needs to be protected if that's the guy you want to have going forward. So this was a this was a safe pick.
2: I like the position you picked. I don't like who you picked at it. I don't actually have Jalen Mayfield rated like that high. With that pick, you know, I'm this is kind of I don't know if there's a hot take or not depending on who agrees with me here. I would have taken Dylan Radness, the NDSU offensive yeah. tackle player, to be honest. Interesting. I like Radness a lot more in terms of technique. I played offensive line in high school. And I studied a lot of it when I was in Germany for a year. And and with Radness, he is very well. He has very good feet, very good technique Absolutely. when it, when it comes to the outside protection. At um, senior bowl,
1: he was fantastic.
2: Exactly. So, honestly, I wouldn't want to see Dylan Radness here instead. But Mayfield could be a good comp, could be a good comp too. I just have a little bit of I just have a bit of a concern with his run run blocking abilities.
1: My thought is, I mean, my next offensive tackle is Sam Cosme out of Texas. Again, that's who I had. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the yeah. way I would have gone there. I think he's more of a left tackle. I think Mayfield's more of a right for me. Uh, I don't know that he could play left tackle in in the NFL. But at, to Shane's point too, you look at the pass rushers. We have not drafted a pass rusher yet in this in this entire mock. There, all of them are there. Quiddy Pay is there, and um, uh, Rossy is Phillips. there. Yeah, Phillips is there, it, depending on who mm-hmm. you like. Um, O'Jelari, all those guys. So, I think this pick for me would have been Quiddy Pay, and I would have gone O line in the second or try to fill it through free agency. Yeah, that's but, that's how I would have Uh, but I but I agree, like if you wanted to go on O tackle here. I think you know, Mayfield's a pretty good pick. I, like I said, I like Sam Cosby more, but I don't like Sam Cosby that much either. So,
0: yeah, <laughs> all right, and now with the 22nd pick. The Tennessee Titans are on the board, and yeah, uh, this is this is where you're going to see you know the first you know pass rusher taken because the biggest issue yep. for Tennessee's defense last year is pass rushing. So yes. I'm going to go. I'm going to go uh, Greg Rousseau uh, from Miami. Greg Rousseau. Bay Rousseau.
3: Okay, I I maybe. I'm going to call my my feelings on this pick recency bias. I would have went quidy pay. I had tape on him last year. I've seen more of him. Greg Rousseau is still too too raw to me. I mean, we we only have his freshman tape and then he sat out with the COVID the COVID season, which is perfectly understandable. I just think that he's he's too raw to have been the first one for me.
1: And his especially got-off.
3: especially for a team that is right now what did they finish last season? Twelve and twelve and four, something yeah. like that. They are they are Go they 11, are a contending. Team. Okay, they're eleven five. They're a contending team right now, is what I'm saying. And Rousseau's rawness, I don't know how I feel about it. I want a guy. I want obviously they they weren't going to get a Chase Young here, but I want a guy who is playing day one. And you know, with their, uh, I don't know if they're bringing back to Javion Clowney, who has never played up. Personally, he's never played up to his. He's never played up to his skill set. So whoever's coming in is taking that spot, and I want to make sure that on day one, you know, I I, I want to envision he's this this rookie is a a ten sat guy this season. Chances are that's not going to happen, but I want to envision that that's what I see, and I don't see that with Russo. I see that more with Quiddy Pay, <laughs> but that's because I've seen I've seen more of Quiddy Pay. I haven't seen as much from Gregory Russo.
2: I I would have honestly wanted to go offensive line here again because I remember last year when the when the Titans drafted Isaiah Wilson to be their their replacement for Jack Conklin after he went to the Browns and Isaiah Wilson kind of became not only just absent from the team whatsoever but kind of a new but kind of just like a detriment to team morale in general. True that. you have you have to address the sins of last year and you need to do it early in the first round. I don't know who you, I don't know who you're gonna take. I haven't had enough time to analyze what are the what are the what are the linemen that are still left in this draft. But you need an offensive tackle if you want to keep that consistent running game with Derrick Henry going.
1: And, uh, oh,
3: go it would have been it would have been safe if they had an offensive tackle here because I actually I don't know how long ago I read this, but I did read something saying that uh, Isaiah Wilson did say he was done playing football as a Titan. So I don't know if that is. Right, potential trade situation, mm-hmm. if they cut him, whatever the case may be. But it seems like uh, things have soured with him and the organization.
1: Honestly, if you'd taken these last two picks and flipped them, I'd be happier with it. I'd be happier with Russo to the Indy. I'd be happier with Mayfield to the Titans to play that right tackle spot. Yeah. Let me say that. both yeah. in the same division. Yeah, exactly. Hey, just got <laughs> Uh Okay, so – First, let's just talk edge rushers since our first edge rusher went off the board how do you have how do you guys have the top five like what like i mean obviously these guys are way different some are four three some are three four like what are your top five guys just kind of in order real quick uh Juan, you start.
2: i mean uh i do i do have <coughs> up at number one but then i have jalen phillips at two Yes. Uh, uh, oh, my FFB FFB. You know I have. Hey, at three. Tyron at four. I plugged <laughs> in. No. Jason at five.
1: That's all. That's solid. Like I said, I I have that. I have Quitty Pay one. Jalen Phillips two. Um, <laughs> uh, dude, I love Aziz Ojalari. and and he's a guy that I, I absolutely would have here for Tennessee. And as a Jets fan, if if I could make the next pick for pick 23, which is not my pick, but man, Ojalari, I would sprint to the front of the room for that dude because man, he is a beast <laughs> of a pass rusher. The Jalen Phillips yes. has the concussion issues and you just don't know. And then Rousseau and then OA for me. So like that's just how I have them. I think Pay and Rousseau are more of four three DNs who can slide inside and, and do their best work. I think for the Titans who are playing that 3-4, I want to get off the edge guy. And like I said, Phillips, if I can clear him medically, and if not, Ojolari is my absolute guy.
0: All right. And uh, speaking of the Jets, Juan, you're on the clock with the 23rd pick.
2: So I'm not going to lie. I did consider edge rusher to be here at 23. But then, you know, once I have started analyzing, like, a lot of this draft class, there's gonna be edge rushers in the second to third rounds that we can pick from, man. So I'm not too overtly worried about taking someone to, to rush rush the edge here. However and Jets
1: pick and eleven more picks. So yeah.
2: <laughs> exactly. So I'm not too concerned about it. But you know, I believe there's an opportunity here to find playmakers, especially yes. if we're having Justin Fields come in there. And if we want to see a return of Jets football where it was ground and pound and a good defense. I'm going to have to go running back here, and I'm taking Najee Harris out of Alabama at 23.
1: Mm. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your Huckleberry.
2: I'll take that all day. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like we talked about with Najee, he's a power back. He's sturdy. He's quick at the second level, and not to mention he's tough. The guy has endured ha- has endured a lot of like on field injuries, and he still stuck it out even in the national championship. So I, so I love the toughness that Najee can exhibit here, and the offensive line for for the Jets is repairable deeper in the draft as well as through free agency. So, given the opportunity, I can see the Jets carving out a good running game uh, going into twenty twenty one with Najee Harris as the lead back.
3: Right, and how long are we gonna keep dragging Frank Gore along uh, <laughs> to save our running game? You know.
1: I will say this. The one thing that that would make me hesitate to take the running back this early for the Jets is they're going to that Shanahan system where you can plug in dudes named Jeff Wilson and, you know, Raheem Mostert, and guys you've never heard of, and turn them into 1,000-yard backs. Um, and so that mm-hmm. is my only question about spending the money and the draft capital when you have so many needs for the Jets. Uh, I think edge rusher there would be, but as you mentioned – we've only had one gone and it's pick 23. I'm going to go to 34. Okay, cool. I could probably still get a guy that I like there. This to me is a spot where maybe I I start looking at Kadarius Tony, as you'd mentioned earlier, or a a guy like that, who, who would be a playmaker type Uh, obviously free agency is going to massively affect the jets since they have a ton of money. But that to me is, is uh, I mean, like I said, solid pick, you get an absolute, just, you know workhorse back and you put them in that system and run that San Francisco system man that's going to be that's going to be lethal i love it
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and you just broke the heart of the Steelers because i guarantee <laughs> yeah. you they would have taken Najee Harris to
2: 24 i do it like i'm like i have a list of teams i really don't like the Steelers top that list because i became a Jets, i became a Jets fan during the 2010 season oh
0: yeah all right and now we're going to go to pick number 23 which belongs to the Cleveland Browns
2: 24. 24. 24. We the Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh.
1: Same division. You're good. Okay. <laughs> is
2: that me or
0: is that – uh, uh, Yeah,
1: that's me. Oh, my God. Uh, that's about <laughs> who that you want, yeah.
0: All Wait,
1: right. he's speaking for a team he hates? That's not good. <laughs> the
2: irony is palpable. Uh, But, yeah, I think, like – So, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, they brought back – um. I can't believe they did it. they brought back um Ben for another season. And they lost their top uh, their one of their top offensive linemen uh to retirement, uh their center, uh one of the one of the twins whose whose name is escaping me. Pouncey. Uh, yeah, uh Pouncey. Pouncey.
1: Um and Villanueva's free agent too, the <laughs> tackle. And they don't have mm-hmm. any
2: money. Uh, they well, with the with the with the cap space, they're able to free up with the restructured contract, they might be able to bring him back somehow. I don't know. Maybe, it was, yeah, it was, it'll, be,
1: it'll be tight.
2: I don't know about the hometown discount, but it could possibly work. With that being said, though, like if it, this might be the last shot at a Super Bowl championship that the Steelers are going to have going into 2021 with Big Ben, and to do that, you need to shore up the offensive line, and you need to find that pouncy replacement. So. I'm taking the best center in this draft. I'm thinking Creed Humphrey out of out of, uh, out of OU. Uh,
1: now, if you're Pittsburgh and you had the option and you, you want a center, so you've got Dickerson out of Alabama, you've got Humphrey. Um, I mean, you could even have the Whitewater kid. You could trade down out of this pick, right, and let somebody else yeah. jump up and, and, and jump I- in this range.
3: I think more likely, if they were to stay at this pick, I think Pittsburgh moves one of their guys that they already had on the team into center and possibly take one of the stronger linemen on the outside. And I think this is where Cosme would have went for me.
1: Agree.
0: Yeah. Or honestly, like, you're losing Bud Dupree, so I would think they would also be in the market for a pass rusher as well.
2: Yeah. But like it is a pass rush is a deep class going into the late round, so they can find the pass rusher in there. And also, I need a pure center. And Humphrey coming with Humphrey coming in with the pedigree that he that he has, I I can see a I can see Pro Bowl All Pro consideration with this kid. It's there. Do you
1: do you have him as a first rounder?
2: I do, I do have him as a first rounder.
1: Yeah. Interesting. See, for me, he's he's that early second. He's that mid or late first early second. So. Like he's a, it's a little bit of a reach here, but I, I, I mean, I could definitely see it. Like I said, I think if the if Pittsburgh wanted to trade down and do this, I think that might fit a little better. But we're not trading, yeah. so.
2: Offensive line is three things: yeah. it's technique, it's durability, and it's intelligence. And from what I've seen, Humphrey, especially with the tape I've studied with him right before the Senior Bowl, he's got all three in spades.
1: There you go.
0: There you go. All right, uh, now the twenty-fifth pick.
1: Jacksonville
0: though. Oh well, that's that's me.
1: <laughs> that's you. All right.
0: <laughs> Let me get ready. All right. I got my quarterback. I got Trevor Lawrence.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't. I don't need to get a wide. I don't need to get a wide receiver because they got a good. They got a, a several good young prospects. Uh, uh, Keelan Cole, uh, D.D. Westbrook. So I don't need to worry about that. So I'm going to go defense. because
1: oh. – Cole, Cole's a free agent,
2: but you've got Chark and LaBisca uh Chennault. Yeah. So yeah, they're there are right. you know not really need Keelan Cole though. Yeah. I mean he's expandable as a wide okay. receiver.
0: Yeah, so I'm gonna need to rebuild that defense, particularly on the defensive line to bring back though. So this is where I'm gonna drag Kitty Payne from Michigan.
1: Okay. Solid. Yeah, that's a
0: that's a that's a good pick
1: putting him opposite of, of, of josh allen if you can get josh allen healthy again a guy who can slide inside and rush i think that, that dude if Pay makes it 25 i think we we've got a uh we've got a story
2: i mean i like it i i and i know that that jacksonville did the best work when the defense was top five so bringing to so bringing so bringing him in uh, bringing uh this michigan product in was great I don't know if there's any other offensive linemen to shore up here. I think Jacksonville, since they have so much money to work with, will shore up the offensive line in free agency. So, I like I like where you went with me.
0: Yeah, they have the they have the most cast space in free going into free agency. So yeah, and not to mention like during the mid round during the mid rounds, it's perfect to rebuild that interior offensive line as well. If you want to make sure you get protection for Trevor Lawrence, but at this point. With these pass rushers, with them falling the way they is, at this point you're picking best player available, and the best, and he's the best pass rusher on the board. So, absolutely.
1: I think other options here. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about how desperate they are for safety. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have a safety worthy of here. I mean, um, Merrick, the kid out of TCU, but I think you might be able yeah. to get him. You know, in eight more picks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you you can go safety later, and then, um, you know. This might be the first time where we talk defensive tackle the entire uh, first round. Yeah. And, you know, if you want yep. to go far more, uh, I think that guy is the guy to stop the run and do that type of thing. But, um, like yeah. I I mean, if quiddy pay falls this far, I think you're taking the best player available. BPA is always a good way to go. Yeah. Speaking of.
0: All right. At now 26, which is now the, the Cleveland Browns.
1: Cleveland.
2: And uh, now be me. Uh, and what, I, what, I felt what, like I took Cleveland's pick. Huh?
0: I felt like I okay, took Cleveland's pick, but
2: <laughs> so I is felt like right? I took Cleveland's pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well. well, anyway, um, yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't think you did. Um, I think Cleveland, like, yeah, it's losing Olivier Vernon to free agency, but he's an aging pass rusher as it is. Uh Free agency for pass rusher especially isn't too isn't too bad. work with if they can even like lure in a premier pass rusher like von miller out from from denver into cleveland for a contention it could possibly work so with that being said i want to re i want to i want to re re reassure the middle of that defensive line i want to be able to have the top uh 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 uh, rushing defense in the in the in the league let alone in in the division and because Let's, let's face it, the, the AFC North is a run heavy conference with the with 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 Joe Mixon and the Bengals, with the Steelers trying to go back to the rushing ways that they had prior to twenty twenty, and with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. So Absolutely. if you want to win that, if you want to win that, you have to win down the middle in the trenches. And that's why I'm having the Browns take levy on Wuzur, on Wuzuriki, the Washington defensive tackle.
1: Wow. Above hey. more huh? I didn't see that. Either. Wow, I
0: didn't see that either. I thought, I thought the way you were talking, like Barmore was going to be the pick.
1: Yeah, me too.
2: For me, for like, like I said, reassure the front line. Uh, make sure that you can stuff the run down the middle. And with leave with Olivia, he's a little bit, he's a little short uh, with, for his size as a as a as a as a defensive tackle. But I, but he has, he does a good job. At shutting the block and making dis- and, and causing disruption in the backfield, and I don't need him to do much. He doesn't have to be the pass rusher that Cleveland needs. He just has to be able to shut down the run.
1: I mean, he's a penetrator. He's a pass rusher. He's 290 pounds. You know, I you, you some people talk the Aaron Donald comp. Uh, I mean, that's let's tap the brakes. But uh, he does have that ability. And you know, they're in Washington. He was catching triple teams every play because you know he's the only guy they had. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I love him as a player. I love him. Like, I think uh, he's a guy that I know because I'm here in, in Dallas. He's a guy I know the Cowboys are absolutely targeting in that second round uh, because that's kind of where I think he should fall. Um, yeah. And, but, uh, and, but if Barmore is still there and, and you know, all that. But, but I mean, that's the thing is, like, he, he you would be replacing Larry Ogunjobi uh, on that team, and, and he would be a good fit there. So, yeah, interesting pick mm-hmm.
2: there. on mm-hmm. Zarike. There's the correct pr- pr-
0: pr- There you go. Yeah. Zarike. <laughs> I don't mind the pick. Uh, it feels a need, which they need. They need some help to alleviate Miles Garrett. So, I, I like to pick. as a solid pick. It's a safe pick. And considering what you're going up against in the in in the north, where you need somebody to help control the trenches, you could you could do you you can you could do worse. So.
1: We're All at 8.7. Um, yeah, yes. I was gonna say, who's your? Can, can we get a quick like board look of who you've got the top players on your board right
2: now? I don't really have a board. I just have kind of like I just kind of have like a just like a list of names here, but. Yeah, no, I kind of ran out of my board. <laughs>
1: All, right.
0: All right. All right, well, I got Kyle Trash. I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> I, would, I would throw my Sunflower seeds at you if you had Kyle Trash. <sighs>
1: yeah, I'm just looking down my but list no. Uh,
0: yeah. Still got, got Joseph Olsai. Uh I like Rodel Moore from Purdue. I really like him a lot.
1: Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I've got. I'm looking at obviously Jalen Phillips and uh, O'Jalari as edge rushers. Um, mm-hmm, we still yeah. have Kadarius Tony and Rondell Moore in that mix. Yeah. Um, Zavin Collins, the Tulsa linebacker, is on the board still. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think at that point you're kind of like, I think we've kind of, oh, and then Barmore. And then that kind of kills that tier of talent. So we've got six picks left and five players on the top tier. So let's see what happens.
0: All right. So the Browns pick so next will be the Ravens.
1: That's, That's probably you. Oh yeah.
0: Oh, that, oh it is. All it right. Is, is. Oh, oh, in that case this is perfect then. Uh, we just talked about it. Um, I like I like Baltimore's roster a lot. I like what the special what they did last year. You got yourself now uh, a legitimate running back of J.K. Dobbins. I like the Patrick Queen pick. So the only real hole you have left on his roster is the wide receiver department. Uh, Hollywood Brown's not a number one guy. He's not. He's a complimentary guy. Willie Sneed's a slot. Mark Andrews. He's a really solid tight end, but he's not in that tier like a Darren Waller, George Kittle, or a Travis Kelsey. Back. So you get you need some. You need to get uh, that physical wide receiver for you know Lamar Jackson just you know throw that ball to him and just. You know he comes down with it, so with this pick, I'm gonna go Rondell
1: Moore for Purdue. Okay, nice. I can definitely see that adding more weapons for Lamar Jackson. I could also see edge rusher here with you know, because Dudon and and uh Yannick are both free agents, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I could go. I think I think you could go either way with that on, on that for sure,
3: definitely. Uh, <clears throat> They need they need those weapons around around Lamar. Uh, their their wide receiver roster is definitely not the, uh, uh, the. They're not where they need to be to be a contending team right now. Despite the fact that they are contending, because, you know, he's a. They they finished like second. Well, did they finish second or first in their division? I think they finished second.
1: Uh. Baltimore. Yeah.
3: Yeah, they did. They finished second. Oh, they won. Okay, yeah. So they are going to finish at the top. Oh of no, the Pittsburgh, division.
0: Pittsburgh won. the no, Pittsburgh won the uh, the North. Yeah, what?
3: no, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh won the North. No, I think the Pittsburgh slide at the end of the season knocked them out of first. Oh,
1: that's right. That's right. That's
3: right. Yeah. So, and I think I believe that Pittsburgh is going to be in a similar situation. No offense to to that organization, but them re-signing Big Ben and where they're at with the rest of that roster. I don't see them being the top guys at the at the end of the year again. Uh so this pick, this pick was a good pick. They need a guy, they need a they need a, a, a consistent receiver, somebody who can emerge to be a number one, and I think that he has the potential to be to be that guy.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. I have no I'm no problem with this pick. They needed a big buyer receiver to complement Hollywood Brown to move him into a speedy on the inside. I just hope that, you know, Greg Roman can adjust the offense a little bit more to give Lamar more passing opportunities. Yeah, what's up?
1: We do know Rashad Bateman went pick 20 to Chicago, right?
3: Yeah, there's an error here saying that Bateman just went at 27.
1: Yeah, Bateman can't go at 27 because I thought you said Rondell Moore.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah, I did. I did say Rondell Moore, my bad.
1: Okay, cool. Rondell Moore's not big. Awesome. Got it. <laughs> when he said "big guy," it triggered. I was like, "Wait a minute, who are we talking about?" Okay, cool, cool, cool,
0: cool. Oh, <laughs> e- e- either way, listen, my, my bad. Either way, Lamartini's weapons, Rondell Moore at twenty-seven is, is is solid. Love it.
1: Love. It. All right. Did that put me on the clock?
0: Yeah, twenty-eight. So that would be the Saints.
1: Yes. the New Orleans Saints. Well, I have a wealth of riches. Again, Rondell Moore was not in my first round grade. So I'm looking at the board and I'm looking at five guys that I've got first round grades on. And honestly all of these guys kind of fit a need. Trey Hendrickson's a free agent with the Saints. Obviously I'm in salary cap hell of having to cut everybody. Sheldon Rankins is a free agent. Alec Danzelloni yeah, is a free agent yeah. on that defense. Marcus Williams, mm. the safety, is a free agent on that defense, and Malcolm Jenkins on the other side is an absolute disaster. What <laughs> at this point in his career? So the offense, I think, will be fine. I don't know what I'm – I mean, obviously, I'm probably basically going to run Peyton Hill and figure that out on offense. That's, that's going to happen. Uh, and so –
3: If they don't start Jameis Winston, I think they are – they're lost. Jameis is free. Uh, free. to
1: be able to get him back. Oh,
3: is he – you don't think he's coming back?
1: I mean – Dude, the guy's gonna get paid. Quarterback's pretty neat. Saints ain't that's got true. the money. <laughs> that's true, that's true. So what yeah. I would say is with the with the pass rush, I've still got Marcus Davenport. I could probably fill the hole for Trey Hendrickson. So I feel pretty good there. I think if the board wasn't the way that it was, I would be looking safety here and, and Trey uh, and Merrick out of TCU would be my pick. But since yeah. I'm looking at this board and I'm seeing all of this talent that's still falling to me, man. Let me go ahead and try to stop the run. I'm going to go ahead and take Christian Barmore right here because if that dude's available, absolutely get me a big body in the middle. I can I can cut Malcolm Brown and slam that dude right in the middle and, and let's stop the run game.
3: Jeff, you beat me up, Jeff. <laughs> you beat me up because I was hope I was hoping you I'd, I was hoping you let him slide one more. I was hoping you let him slide one more, because if that guy, if he's sitting there at at 29, if the Packers passed on him, I would absolutely lose my shit. This they have they have so draft,
1: much. I tell you what, we have done this whole draft just like a real draft, where just before a pick goes, the team on the clock goes. Yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely.
3: Uh, I still remember. This is like this is like the biggest draft. WTF for me. It was uh, the year T.J. Watt was drafted, and the Packers traded down with the Browns, uh, while yeah. T.J. Watt was sitting on the board. And then the Steelers got him with the next pick. And I was just sitting there flabbergasted when we needed a linebacker. I was like, "What do you?" I, I couldn't. I couldn't fathom their mindset at that point.
1: The Cowboys they took Taco over T.J. Man,
3: I, I couldn't. That? My mind was so blown yeah. because the guy they take with the pick that they traded down for. Is the guy I'm about to replace now, with this with this pick coming up for the Packers, and this is a no-brainer: Asante Samuel Jr. We need him. Kevin King was embarrassing during that during that playoff game, getting burned by Scotty Miller. Oh yeah, <laughs> Scotty. I've never even heard of that guy before before that playoff game. Yeah, <laughs> and for him to absolutely for him to absolutely shred our secondary is just is is embarrassing we have other needs like we need to refill up our uh our defensive line because outside of kenny clark the rest of those those interior defensive linemen are very very suspect Uh, i don't i don't know if kiki kingsley's coming back dean lowry is on the question for being a cap casualty so what would you
1: think about what would you think about taking a linebacker there, like Zayvon Collins? At
3: a total, I wouldn't be mad I at. I wouldn't say that. At that.
1: Yep. I wouldn't be
3: mad at that either, uh, right? Because our inside line, we just we just cut Christian Kirksey, so we definitely do need a, another interior uh, linebacker. Uh, but I think that I think that's one of that either that'll be addressed later in the draft, or they're gonna try and address it in a free agency again because they they do enjoy uh free agent veteran linebackers they like they like to look for those guys who have a bit more polish and i uh, i think the if i think if they're going to go linebacker it'll be it would be uh Cox in the second round cuz i think yeah. he'll be he'll be sitting there at, for our second round pick so here i got to take i got to take i got to take Asante Samuel we that secondary needs help uh, Jair Alexander is on an island by himself out there, and he cannot cover the whole field. And these other guys are not keeping up their end of uh, end of the the
1: bargain. Not a bad pick. I like it. All right. I like it too.
2: Buffalo.
0: All right, and now twenty nine. Buffalo. Out Thirty. Wow, what you got
1: for us?
2: Well, look, there isn't a lot of. Weaknesses, quote unquote, that you can point out on Baltimore's roster. They were by far one of the more well rounded teams in 2020 last year, especially near the, down the stretch where they went on, like, I think it was an eight game win streak. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are still issues that they have to address, particularly on the offensive line. And the reason I say that is because while Josh Allen played at a tremendous level, an MVP caliber level, absolutely, there was, there was no rushing game. You had a you had a good um, you had a good lightning and thunder one-two punch combo of Zach Moss and Devin Singletary to work with, but you couldn't get them out in open space enough to have a, a decent running game to work with. So, I'd say at pick thirty, the Buffalo Bills will take Alabama interior offensive lineman Landon Dickerson and then kick him in to right guard.
3: Okay. I, I like that. That's not bad at all.
1: Another another O-lineman going high, another center off the board for you. Uh, you obviously, you have Humphrey over and Dickerson over Wyatt Davis.
2: I put Dickerson over because I see him having more versatility within the interior than Creed did. Creed was a pure center through and through. Dickerson, you can move to either guard position or keep him at center. And with the bells needing much more uh, interior help, I think at right guard could be much more beneficial for him there.
3: Why not? Or why not? Why not Wyatt Davis then? I
2: don't know. Just like I said, it's like a, I, like it's I mentioned earlier, really, it's more just a feeling. You know, yeah. it's just it's, yeah. it's just more of a feeling.
3: I definitely understand that. That's definitely how I was feeling about her, about the the last whole pick again if. If barmore had fell to 29 regardless of how i felt about my secondary that's that guy right there would have been my pick absolutely because he he's one of he's a he's a big guy he's 315 pounds six foot four he is a he's a he's a statue you know, he's gonna he's gonna be tall he's gonna be right there fighting alongside kenny clark if that if that could have if that could have happened mm-hmm. and that's what that's what they need they need to be able to hold up those linemen in the middle so that guys like Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, if he's still around, can 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 sack the quarterback.
0: All right, and with we got our which belongs to Super Bowl matchup between the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. The Kansas City Chiefs are now on the clock with the thirty-first pick, and right. These are back to back for you, Jeff. So take the floor.
1: All right, I got the uh, last two picks of this draft here. Um, start with the Chiefs. Uh, I could use some pass rusher opposite Frank Clark. Um, I could use a little help maybe at the linebacker spot, which both are available, but I think that O-line has absolutely got to be addressed. Um, I think, you know, Eric Fisher, you know, with the injuries last year, they lose Mitchell Schwartz. Um you know, I, I honestly, I think Dickerson would have been a real possibility here or Creed Humphrey for either one of those uh, as we've kind of picked over the interior offensive lineman spots. But since he's there and still available, I'm going to take Sam Cosme uh, out of Texas, and I will slide him inside if I need to or, or do something with that. Maybe slide um, uh, Mitchell Schwartz getting up there in years. So maybe I slide him inside. But, yeah, I, I think I definitely go O-line for the Chiefs, try to protect Patrick Mahomes. And finally, the 32nd pick and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I've only got one franchise test. And I'm either going to use it on wide receiver, and I'll ask you boys this. Uh, Would you use it on Godwin, or would you use it on Shaq Barrett?
2: Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett. Interesting. Shaq.
1: Um. I think, and then you know, I also could use some interior. Um, uh, if I lose Levante David potentially as well, so uh, while I agree with you on Jack Barrett, I think maybe because the way the board is broken out, and and maybe I want to replace Jason Pierre-Paul, and I'm looking at I'm looking at those pass rushers, and I'm I've got to take one of them, so uh, I'm gonna go ahead and take Aziz Ojalari out of Georgia. With the last pick in the first round, mm-hmm. as a guy who can just come screaming off the edge and uh, make that Tampa Bay defense dangerous.
3: Yeah, I, I like that pick. I think Elugelar o- or Ose would have been either or for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at that slot. So that's a good a good pick.
1: I think Jalen Phillips is in my is in that potential as well. Uh, like you said, if he can clear the concussion stuff. Yeah, uh, the I, concussion I think, think Jalen Phillips is the best pass rusher in the. Period. Yeah, but the concussions worry.
3: Yeah, concussions are always are always going to be what knocks guys down two three rounds, honestly. Exactly. So, especially know, in the, this year without
1: combines, without yeah, uh, and then
3: now it becomes a yeah, uh, oh we got this guy in the third and he's a gem because he he still has his 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 first round talent. We were just worried about these injuries and now they're not even a not even a thing to worry about. It could go, break either way. And we I like, were
1: talking about with the Jets, like, if I'm picking two picks later and Jalen Phillips is there, dude, I'd dance to the
2: front of the room. Mm-hmm. I like your prioritizing <laughs> of, like, how you're building this roster, especially because the age is more focused in the pass rushing for Tampa Bay. Like you said, letting JPP go. Uh, what you, you said you wouldn't tag Shaq Barrett. That means you tag Godwin, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, so, like, you put the right priority down. and bringing in Aziz Ojolari. Uh, for to replace the aging the aging pass rush, it works well and it could boast pretty pretty and it boasts a, a good possible route for Tampa to make a repeat appearance. So I like that pick.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, there we go.
2: Also, right. just to, yeah. I know this is a I know this is a football draft show, but some breaking news: Blake Griffin went to the net. Yeah, I,
3: I saw that. I saw
0: that. Super
1: on. team.
2: Oh man.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh, real quick <laughs> before we go. What what pick do you believe that should be a first-round pick, but you're surprised you didn't see going to the first round at all? Just on this mock draft alone.
2: Boys? Mm, i do y'all go first.
1: I mean, for me, it is Jalen Phillips, I think. Uh, I think that, that's mm-hmm. a strong possibility. I think the other one for me is Trayvon Merrick, the safety out of TCU. He's easily the best safety in this draft by that's, a million that's, miles.
3: That's that's what that's who I was going. I had him yeah. originally in that early twenties area. I figured one of like maybe the Raiders would have taken the shot for him, but then you know it, it, it ends up being what's all what's else is sitting on the board and can we risk him going down? But as the the difference between him and the next safety is, uh, in my opinion, two rounds. Like, he's yeah. a first-round talent, and then I don't see another safety again until the third or fourth round.
2: Agreed. Honestly, for me, it was linebacker Zavin Collins out of Tulsa, uh, mainly because, like, he's a very underrated player in this draft, especially. he is, He's a diamond in the rough that, that teams can look at. And I kind of wanted to take him with the Bills on the possibility that Matt Milano wouldn't come back to the team yeah. or should he go into free agency, but... I stuck the offensive line instead, on the hope that Milano could work on a decent deal with Buffalo, and yeah.
3: Sure. I also had I also yeah. had um, Bolton uh, possibly going to. He was a, another one of those. He could have went to my Packers. they at twenty nine, but I just feel like that's after watching that playoff game. Like like the year the year prior, if this was a year earlier, this is the twenty twenty draft. Bolton would have been my guy. Because we saw how abysmal we did against the run, but then we addressed that, or uh, I believe the team realized how important stopping the run was, and they worked on that. But then our secondary became abysmal. It at least deep in the playoffs. So addressing addressing that secondary was more important to me than dressing the the front seven and adding more linebackers up front. Yeah,
0: honestly, uh. Zayvon Collins for me, I gotta agree with lot. I thought like, you know, especially with these uh last four picks, you know, all these teams in the NFC champ and the conference title games, I thought Zayvon Collins would have been an ideal fifth for like all of them. Uh particularly for and for me, Tampa Bay, because uh Levante Davis could to be a free agent. So you're gonna right. be able to slide him in right. with Devin White. So uh so then that way like that defense doesn't skip a beat at all.
1: Yeah, that was my other consideration there, and I think you know, the, the question would be the depth at the off ball linebackers in the draft. You know, there's not a whole lot of like stars, but I think there are a lot of guys in that third and fourth round that can kind of fill that role uh, and, and all of that and, and allow Devin White to be, you know, a little bit more of that playmaker. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Love it. Guys. Good job. And
0: uh, also, one yeah, we did it, guys. And uh, real quick, what is a, uh, let's just say, day three pick? What's a day three pick that uh that you really feel like if a team gets him, they got like a they got like a diamond in the rough.
2: My guy from from Syracuse, If you man, if he drops that low, like I don't think he will. I think he'll be a late day two, probably around the third late third round. But if he makes it to the fourth, that's a steal for a corner. He's big for a corner, especially I think six two. Uh you saw him down at the senior Bowl against uh Des Fitzpatrick, how he was able to complete with a tall, quick wide receiver. I gotta say, like, whoever gets that guy is gonna have a great is gonna have a great tall defensive back to work. Uh, day
3: uh, day three guy. Uh, yeah, I don't know who.
1: I got one. Got I got rep the alma mater, too. University of North Texas, Jalen Darden, five nine one seventy. Mm. Dude, the guy can fly around. He's gonna be so much fun. I hope he I hope he gets a chance to return punts too. Uh. Savvy, quick, uh, has got has got that those moves that you want, and I, I think he's a guy that's going to sneak around, and, and somebody will snag him in the fifth, sixth round, and he's going to be he's going to be a guy you'll see some highlight films out of. He might not be a star, but you'll definitely see a few highlights out of him. Oh,
3: I got one for you guys: Chuba Hubbard, Good. the world from Oklahoma State. Love him. I think Ooh. I think he's going to get on somebody's roster, and he is going to impress the hell out of them. He's, he's got he's got the tools he's got the tools i think he's missing a few things that's what then that's what's gonna pull him down into that into that later in that later you know day three the you know round pick maybe round five or realistic a realistic thing because running backs are not super high value in this particular draft class
2: can i give you a day two guy that i'm really high on that like i think is borderline sure. early second Yeah. Amari Amari Rogers from Clemson, man. Like, the guy's a veteran wideout out by college football standards. So he's smart, he's strong, he's intelligent. Not to mention, his dad was a former competitor at quarterback against Tom Brady, T Martin. And he's trained some of the best wide receivers that made it to the NFL today. And if you're growing under that tutelage, you have to have some sort of at least elitism in your blood. So I got to see that.
1: I, lo- I just watched the tape on him, man. I love that kid. I hope, so. like, I think he could be in the third round, and I think like a team that's running that San Francisco system again, the Jets, um, as a guy who could just yak yard you to death, man. Mm-hmm. Get, get the ball and let him run. That's that. He's fun.
0: Yeah, and uh, a guy for me. Um, I saw him down at the Senior Bowl, and watch uh, should already know who I'm talking about. Uh, as roster janarius robinson from florida state i i love this guy uh six foot five 266 and uh he reminds me a lot of another you know florida state product josh sweat in terms of just like you know the weight just his size and you know his measurements and everything but i feel like he's going to get on a roster and even a limited staff i feel like he's a good project player to have on your team uh
3: my day two guy is uh dylan moses the linebacker from alabama I I think I just I think he's got a lot of uh, of good intangibles going into this. I thought he, I thought uh, he he could, he had a really good season. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be in the middle of that field, and he's got good size and athleticism, standing at six three. Uh, I think if you pick him up somewhere in the mid second round, that's a that's really high value for the team. Uh, definitely yeah. at. At, at my Packers second pick, if they don't decide to to, to take Cox, I would say Dylan Mulgus is a good a, a good second option for them. One more
1: for me is uh, Ronnie Ronnie Perkins, the edge out of Oklahoma. Uh, I think that's a guy mm-hmm. who's going to go way higher than we think he will. I think you know not a lot mm-hmm. of people maybe know about him. I've seen him kind of rated all over the board, but man, as an actual true four three D end. For some of those teams, I think that is a guy who absolutely uh, goes maybe early in the second round and, uh, and and actually will be, I think, a really good player. I like him over a lot of the other uh, pass rushers uh, in the draft.
0: Absolutely. absolutely. Okay. and uh, Real quick, so five quarterbacks in our mock draft was taken in the first round. Who do you believe is that next quarterback that's going to be taken in this draft?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go with Kellen Mond, um, out of Texas A&M. Yeah, we were there for the senior bowl when uh, Chris and I when we saw him play. He was surprisingly good for what he was able to put out there. All right, he not only won offensive player of the game, but he's he's, he's quick. He's tall. He's he's not too lanky, but he has a good arm. Um, I just believe he needs to put more muscle on himself. And a little bit more strength in, in his throwing arm, and he could be a pretty good uh, back backup quarterback, if not like a game manager for the right situation.
1: By uh, the way, next year the senior bowl, I'll have to run into you two guys, and we'll uh, we'll hang out for sure. I'll
2: be down for that.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> my,
3: my my other one, I I feel, Kellen Mung would be the next best guy off, but I also think Kyle Trask is going to get a lot of traction leading up to the draft, and I have a feeling he's going to really impress the scouts at the combine. I can't tell you exactly why, but I just have a really good feeling about Kyle Trask's chances of jumping himself up into this draft.
1: My next quarterback off the board is going to be Davis Mills out of Stanford. Stanford Mm. quarterbacks, Mm. love him. he's going to interview really well, and in a season where we're not going to get that much contact, I think he's the guy that's going to jump off the board. His tape is mixed. But I think he's the kind of guy that a general manager or an offensive coordinator will fall in love with. Uh, and, and I think Davis Mills is the next guy off the board for me.
0: Okay. Where do you, all right. For fit for Mills, where do you see a fit for him?
1: Uh, I, I think a system, uh, like, uh, honestly, uh, like a backup to Indianapolis, a team that's pretty RPO heavy, mm-hmm. uh, a team that, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of values that type of system. Uh, I could see him in L.A. as a backup to, Stanford, uh, to Stafford. Uh, with the Rams, uh, something like that, something where you can get him moving a little bit, you can get you know, they can run those RPOs where he's having to make those decisions and, and using that brain. I think that's his best, uh, skill set, and I, and I think that's where he, he would be best fit.
3: Yeah, that's that's not too bad. Definitely, definitely somebody right. who could who's going to be smart, he's going to learn a lot, and he'll eventually. He might end up as a journeyman type quarterback, but he will see time on the center. I I can almost guarantee that.
1: He said he's he's you know he's a poor man Sam Darnold kind of. He's got yeah. the movement. He's got the, the, the read and all that stuff. But he also has some really bad tape, and you got to just beat that out of him basically. Yeah.
2: I, I will ask like one of my 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 friend from from Notre Dame would kick me if I didn't ask. Ian Buck, where would where could he fall and what what what's his best fit? For me,
1: Ian Book is the kind of guy that if I'm sitting in, let's say, the fifth round, and I need a backup quarterback for an established guy, Duke, Ian Book has all of the um, all of the intangibles. People love playing for him. He works hard. He's smart with the ball. He's not great, but if I could draft him and let him be my backup for ten years and let him chase Daniel his way through the league, hell yeah, I'm all about that. Like. I think that's exactly what that dude is. Is he's a really smart backup guy that you don't want starting, but you definitely want on your roster.
3: Yeah, he's that. He's that practice squad. He's that practice squad arm, who if you're absolutely, you know, at you've already had two guys injured and you need somebody to step in, he'll 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 manage the team for you. But he's definitely not gonna be your first. Like, hey, I need you to start, or you're my primary backup. He's definitely in that three four slot
0: on your on your roster. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a perfect pick for John Elway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's too short for John Elway. Anyway,
0: uh oh, you're right. Kyle Tras might be more of a speed.
2: <laughs> there you
0: go. All right. Um, once again I want to thank everybody for tuning in to our first uh, our mock draft 1.0. I want to thank Juan. I want to thank Jeff. I want to thank Shane for joining me and you know conducting all of this.
1: Hey, let's do it again. Yeah, uh, and, uh,
3: yeah you guys. Uh, let me know oh, if, we got, if we can do this again.
2: I'd be down for that. I'm in the it's middle great. of the moving process right now to Milwaukee, but I can carve out a, like a couple hours for this again. Yeah,
0: this is this yeah. has been good. Yeah, absolutely. So we're well, gonna of, do lot a mock draft 2.0. Uh, you know, full draft. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. All right. All right, boys. Thank you. All right. Then. All right. No problem. This has uh, been our mock draft. See you.